NASCAR Racing, next on MRN Radio. After months of off-season testing and 10 days of intense competition during speed weeks, the Daytona 500 by STP is here, the 1992 Winston Cup season opener. Who's the odds-on favorite to win it all today? Well, your guess is as good as anyone's. Jeff Bodine, Dale Earnhardt, Bill Elliott, and pole sitter Sterling Marlin all have reasons to believe that they should be favored going in. But regardless, the drivers all know that running the Daytona 500 requires a certain amount of discipline. Sterling Marlin. You have a fastest car, and if nobody don't pull out and pass, you can't just pull out and pass three or four cars at one time. And uh, you got to have somebody to jump down there and go with you. And, uh, here at Daytona, the handling is key, and if we can fix a car work and you know, keep it on the mat all day, uh, we'll be hard to handle. Racing's best have gathered at the World Center of Racing. The Daytona 500 by STP is just moments away. MRN Radio presents NASCAR Today. Sponsored by Goody's Headache Powders and Extra Strength Tablets, the South's number one headache powder. Good afternoon, everyone, from the Daytona International Speedway. We are under overcast skies here this afternoon as we get ready to run the most prestigious stock car race in the world. 42 drivers lined up on pit road. And, Eli, I guess today's race will likely focus probably on three primary things. First and foremost, can the Fords dominate this race? That's all we've heard for the last few weeks is the Ford is the car to beat. There's certainly enough of them, and I think five of the top six uh, qualifiers are sitting up there in that pack. And second, can Dale Earnhardt, one of the best Winston Cup drivers in the business, this is the only major race that has ever eluded Dale Earnhardt, and I guess you feel like I do. If ever there's a chance to win it, he's got it here today. Certainly, and most of the attention will be focused on Richard Petty that he's had in a long, long time, this being his last Daytona 500. Richard Petty will be the Grand Marshal here today as he climbs aboard the STP Pontiac. As for the Fords versus the GMs, there are 14 Fords versus 28 General Motors products in the field today, but you're right, Ford has gotten more than their share of headlines this week versus the 15 Chevys, the 9 Oldsmobiles, and the 4 lone Pontiacs in this Daytona 500 by STP field. But, Barney, here's the bottom line. There have been races over the last few years that Dale Earnhardt should have won also. As we remember just a couple of years ago, losing on the last turn of the last lap, allowing Derek Cope to head to victory lane. So the shouldas and the wouldas and the couldas are all nice to talk about, but they're going to drop the green flag here in a moment, and all of that speculation and talk goes out the window. It's going to be an interesting afternoon here at Daytona. We'll take a short break, and we'll be going trackside in a moment. You know it's nice to be named number one by music critics, but it's also nice to be named number one by music fans. And a lot of country music fans have helped make goodies the South's number one headache powder. You can count yours truly in there, too, because goodies is sure number one with me. Try goodies, the South's number one headache powder, or try goodies extra strength tablets. We're back at the Daytona International Speedway. As we said, 42 cars lined up on pit road, ready to get down to it here this afternoon. A lot of tension in the air at this racetrack, and it's been an unusual week in speed weeks as we'll talk about some of the things that have happened as the afternoon goes by. Right now, as the drivers are getting strapped in the cars, sitting on the front row on the pole position from Columbia, Tennessee, Sterling Marlin is up there in the Maxwell House Coffee Ford, and standing by with him right now is Jim Phillips. 219 starts, no wins, but you finished second in the Daytona 500 last year, Sterling Marlin. 
Your car was loose on Thursday during the 125s. You ran fast, but it was loose. Did you change the car from Thursday to today? <laughs> We've changed a lot of stuff. Uh, we kind of put it back like we had it in the bus clash and uh, knocked some more spoiler in it. The car was quick, so uh, hopefully we hit the right combination and uh, we can put the Max Klaus uh, Thunderbird in victory lane today. He's looking to up it one notch and move into victory lane today with this Ford. Alongside Sterling Marlin on the front row is a man driving car number 11. It's an unusual look because the only other time that Bill Elliott has driven a car other than number 9 in a Winston Cup race was in his first year back in 1976. You might remember he drove the late Bill Champion's number 10 car here at Daytona and at Nashville and at Pocono. Bill's in the number 11, but it's a familiar spot. He's on the front row with Dick Brooks of Woodruff, South Carolina. Bill, uh, you've certainly been the talk of the week, all right. Uh, can you actually think that you, well, let me rephrase it. Can you stay ahead of these guys if you don't get some help from one of the other cars? you think you can stay ahead of the Chevrolets like you did in the race the other day? Well, I don't really know, Dick. It's just going to be a situation. We want to play the cards that are shuffled out here. You know, you never really come up with a strategy as far as what you're going to do in a race till you kind of see how things are going to go and see how strong the competition is. Because in the 125s, you only raced against half the cars. So you, you've still got a good group that you hadn't raced with. I think it's going to be a good uh, good chance here that uh, he can actually pull these guys hard enough to keep the field strung out pretty well. The only spoiler to that is Earnhardt and Ernie Irvin are awful good at drafting. And uh, if they get mixed in in the middle of them, they could hold them up. Why don't we find out what Dale Earnhardt is thinking down on pit road from Denver, North Carolina. Winston Kelly is with him. Five-time national champion, and you've won everything this week, Dale, that you've been in the 125 qualifier, the IROC race Friday, and the Goodies 300 yesterday. But the big question, the one that has eluded you, the Daytona 500, how about it today? Well, our chances are good as anybody, and from whatever thing's been going this week, it's been going our way. So hopefully we'll have a good shot at it. You know, it's real competitive. Sterling's running really good, and Bill, and, you know, Mark Martin, I think, is the strongest car here. We're going to have to race him. It's going to be a tough one. That's Dale Earnhardt. He'll start the GM Goodrich Chevrolet in third, and he will be one of the men to beat. We'll take a break, and we'll be back to Daytona. In the NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA, who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn? Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws? If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Outdoor care to home and auto repair. Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. In a minute. Richard Petty remembers. I broke my foot at Daytona and said, oh, come on, Doc, it's just three little bones. He said, well, you won't need a cast on it, will you, Richard? After that, I listened and let the doctor do the talking. You know, when family doctors were asked which pain relief formula they preferred, Goodies Headache Powders or BC's, Goodies won the race, three to one. Goodies, the South's number one headache powder. Goodies makes you feel so good again. 
As Barney mentioned to open the broadcast, one of the other major stories this weekend, Richard Petty beginning his fan appreciation tour. He is the Grand Marshal of the Daytona 500 by STP. Let's check in with the King. He's joined by Jim Phillips. Well, Richard Petty, 34th annual Daytona 500. It's your last. Your thoughts right now. Well, you know, we're just getting ready to go. Uh, just sitting here hoping that they'll go ahead and crank this thing up so we can go racing. The King is ready seven times. He's won the Daytona 500, sitting calmly in his car at the head of the field. One of just four Pontiacs in the field here today. Richard Petty's Pepsi 400 win in 1984 came in a Pontiac, but none of his Daytona 500 victories have been in Pontiacs. He'll try and change that here this afternoon. He's running good. He really is. He, he didn't do all that well in the qualifying race the other day. He got caught up in one of the accidents and everything, but uh, in practice and qualifying and talking with him all week long, as you and I have, he feels like his chances, as Dale Earnhardt said, may be as good as anybody's in the event this afternoon. And luck plays a big part in who wins this race. 200 laps if you've never been to Daytona International Speedway. Equates to the 500 miles on this two-and-a-half-mile layout. There are a couple of stories at the pole sitter. Sterling Marlin is keeping very much in focus today. $182,400 is on the line from the folks at Unical. That's the Unical Challenge that was last won by Rusty Wallace at the Valleydale 500 in 1991. That money is only up for grabs should the pole sitter end up winning today's Daytona 500 by STP. Not a bad purse at 182000 That's part of $2,478,830, making up the purse for the richest Winston Cup stock car race ever. It would be quite a payday for Sterling Marlin if he can pull it off, and you can bet he's really thinking about that. But the primary thing is he wants to win this race, and it's like the golfers and everybody else say, you tune out the money you want to win. There are a lot of fellows whose cars haven't worked as well this week as they would like. But Junior Johnson was telling us yesterday around the garage area that when he won here in 1960, he was in a car that was almost 15 miles an hour slower than everybody else. But he literally drafted his way to victory lane. He said, I just found out who the quick guys were. He said, when one guy went on to pit road, I'll find another quick man, draft off him. And although I don't think it's quite a 15-mile-an-hour pickup anymore for the slower cars versus the fast ones, you can certainly pick up four, five, six miles an hour in a draft from what you were running by your lonesome out there on this two-and-a-half-mile track. If you can get hung up in that lead draft, even if your car is off a few miles an hour, as you say, you're able to run in that pack of traffic. And the, the, the brakes have to go your way. You have to find somebody to draft with. And I'm sure as the day goes by and we talk to crew chiefs and everything else on pit road, that's something they're going to keep talking about is we don't have anybody to draft with or we are running good because we're running with this particular car. That will be the key, one of the big keys to winning here today is the draft. It is a beautiful day temperature-wise here in Daytona. The temperatures right now in the high 70s projected to go into the low 80s. There are some heavy overcast skies in the area as opposed to the brilliant sunshine of the last few days. But temperature-wise, you look through the grandstand, folks in shorts and shirt sleeves, and uh, many have just totally forsaken their T-shirts for the day. It's been that kind of speed weeks here at Daytona. Today, though, again, not quite the brilliant sunshine, but nevertheless, the temperatures are there. And as expected, the grand stands are jam-packed the infield filled to capacity we were even commenting before that uh, the infield road course which has always had some fans parked on it is now almost totally obliterated except for one little area there are folks parked everywhere here at this two and a half mile race plant at central florida daytona international speedway coming up in just a few moments the season opener Right now, the fans here at the Speedway listening to the Reverend Hal Marchman, who offers the invocation for this uh, Daytona 500 by STP. Dark horses, Barney. 
is there truly a dark horse in this field? Because I think if you've got 15 or 16 guys who can win it, it's tough to say that there's one man who can come out of nowhere to take the victory. Well, it could well happen. You know, in the last few years, we've had uh, somebody that just suddenly surfaced up there, like Joe Rutman did last year. He finished third and uh, back in the 80s, mid-80s, I guess, somewhere along in there. Lake Speed almost won the thing. So you never know. There's always one or two guys that you say, hey, where did he come from? I think we'll see that again here today. Other stories we'll be following as the day continues. This is Mike Potter's first-ever Daytona 500. He is driving an ARCA car that was converted from ARCA regulations to Winston Cup. It's a car that dates back to 1990. Wally Dallenbach, who is in Jack Roush's team car, has never run 500 miles of competition. Now, he's in good shape. He's a strong, strapping young man, but he has never gone 500 miles. So that is something that a lot of folks are uh, going to be watching today. And then there's the great story of Kerry Teague, who has a TV repair business at home. He has also been driving the show car all week. Not only his regular car, but the show car. Now Richard Petty, the Grand Marshal for the Daytona 500 by STP, is strapped into his number 43 Pontiac, about to give the command that will bring this field to life in the great American race, the Daytona 500 by STP. Let's listen in. Okay, guys, let's go. Okay, guys, let's go. Drag them up. Well, it may not be the prototypical gentlemen start your engines, but an okay guys, let's go is all they've got to hear from Richard Petty as the Daytona 500 by STP is about set to roll. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to no go racing fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All off the line. NASCAR Today is produced by MRN Radio and sponsored by Goodies Headache Powders and Extra Strength Tablets, the official pain reliever of NASCAR. From the Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. MRN Radio presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Today, the Daytona 500 by STP. Sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer who bring you the Grand Prix GTP with a new twin dual cam V6. Pontiac, we build excitement by True Value Hardware Stores. Got a tough job to do? You can do it with True Value Hardware Stores by TransSouth Financial Services. TransSouth for the right loan right now by Anheuser-Busch, brewers of smooth bush beer and easy-drinking bush life. 
and by Unical and your local 76 dealers who invite you to go with the spirit of 76. We're back at the Daytona International Speedway. The engines have fired on pit road, and they are still sitting there warming them a little bit before they take them onto the racetrack, and now the field is beginning to roll. Richard Petty, as the Grand Marshal, will lead the pace car around this racetrack one time before dropping into his starting position. Here are the 42 car starters. Hutch Strickland of Calera, Alabama, the Raybestos Chevrolet. 41st, Alan Kowicki of Greenfield, Wisconsin, the Hooters Ford. 40th is Ted Musgrave of Franklin, Wisconsin, the Jasper Engines Chevrolet. 39th, A.J. Foyt of Houston, Texas, the Copenhagen Oldsmobile. That is Eddie Beerswall's car that failed to qualify for the race. A.J.'s gone through so much gear here this week, he's had to rent the race car. 38th is Rick Wilson of Bartow, Florida, the Snickers Foyt. 37th, Wally Dallenbach, Jr. of Basalt, Colorado, the Keystone Ford. 36th is Bob Shack from Lombard, Illinois, the Shoney's Oldsmobile. 35th, Dale Jarrett of Hickory, North Carolina. That's the Interstate Food Lion Chevrolet. 34th, Terry Labonte of Corpus Christi, Texas. Texas, the Sunoco Chevrolet. 33rd, Kyle Petty from Randleman, North Carolina, the Mellow Yellow Pontiac. 32nd is Richard Petty from Randleman, North Carolina, the STP Pontiac in its final Daytona 500. 31st, Dorsey Schrader of Baldwin, Missouri, the Whistler Radar Ford. 30th is Stanley Smith of Chelsea, Alabama, and the Ameritron Battery Chevrolet. 29th, that's Mike Potter of Johnson City, Tennessee, and the Canova Construction Chevrolet. 28th, Dick Trickle of Wisconsin's Rapids, Wisconsin, and the Raymock Oldsmobile. Del McCoward of Savannah, Georgia, goes 27th in the Masters Economy in Ford. 26th, Bobby Hillen, Jr. of Midland, Texas, the Team Ireland Chevrolet. 25th, Phil Barkdahl of Phoenix, Arizona, in the X1R Oldsmobile. 24th, that's Buddy Baker out of Charlotte, North Carolina, the Close Racing Oldsmobile. 23rd, Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin, in the Big Apple Market Chevrolet. 22nd, Bobby Hamilton of Nashville, Tennessee, in the Country Time Oldsmobile. And 21st is rookie driver Kerry Teague of Concord, North Carolina, in the Team USA Oldsmobile. Going 20th, the former winner of the 500, Derek Cope of Spanaway, Washington, the Purelator Chevrolet. 19th, Phil Parsons of Detroit, Michigan, the Melling racing Ford. 18th is Brett Bodine of Chemung, New York, the Quaker State Ford, and Rusty Wallace in the Miller Genuine Draft Pontiac out of St. Louis, Missouri. He starts 17th. 16th is Jeff Bodine from Chemung, New York, the Motorcraft Ford. Ken Schrader of Fenton, Missouri has the Kodiak Chevrolet in 15th. 14th is Chad Little of Spokane, Washington, the Trop Arctic Ford. Rick Mast from Rockbridge Baths, Virginia, starts 13th in the Skull Classic Oldsmobile. The 12th starter is Daryl Waltrip of Franklin, Tennessee, the Western Auto Chevrolet. And 11th, Mr. September, Harry Gant of Taylorsville, North Carolina, the Skull Banded Oldsmobile. And the field moves across the line for the first warm-up lap here. It'll be a couple more before they turn them loose. 10th position, Michael Waltrip of Owensboro, Kentucky, in the Pennzoil Pontiac. Starting 9th, Greg Sachs of Mattituck, New York, to give the Kellogg Chevrolet its best qualifying position ever here for this race. Starting eighth, Ricky Rudd of Chesapeake, Virginia, and the Tide Chevrolet. Seventh position, Ernie Irvin of Modesto, California, the Kodak Film Chevrolet. Sixth, Davey Allison of Hueytown, Alabama, and the Haviland Ford. Starting fifth, that's Mark Martin of Batesville, Arkansas, and the Valvoline Ford. The fourth position is Morgan Shepard of Conover, North Carolina, in the Sitco Ford. Starting third, Dale Earnhardt of Kannapolis, North Carolina, the GM Goodrich Chevrolet, and all Ford front row. 
Number two spot belongs to Bill Elliott out of Dawsonville, Georgia, in the Budweiser Ford, and Sterling Marlin is on the pole from Columbia, Tennessee, in the Maxwell House Coffee Ford. What a proud group the fellows from Junior Johnson and Associates have been all speed weeks long. They own the front roll for the Daytona 500 by STP, and the crew chief of the pole-sitting car is Mike Beam. He was telling you and I, Barney, earlier in the week that that team has had a very specific plan, a very specific program to adhere to, and so far, Jim Phillips, they're right on target. They sure are. A lot of work went on this morning on that uh, Maxwell House Ford, Mike B. Yeah, our car's been loose since Thursday whenever we uh, spun out up there off of four, and uh, this morning we come in, we changed the stuff. Hopefully, we didn't overdo it. The weather, you know, I think Sterling, he'll run well in the Maxwell House Ford. I got to thank all my guys. They worked hard, and I beat them up all, all year, so, you know, I think we'll be okay. Mike Beam, the crew chief for the Maxwell House Ford Thunderbird. The field now will head back towards the pit lane area. They'll come down pit road this next time by. The drivers will check the RPMs on their tachometers to know exactly how many RPMs they can have to come down the pit road during their pit stops later in the day. And while they make those adjustments and checks, why don't we introduce you to the voices who will be covering this Daytona 500 by STP for us here on MRN Radio. Down in turns one and two at the west end of the speedway. Covering the action there for us this afternoon from Hampton, Virginia, Joe Moore. Thanks, Barney, and hello, everyone, from Turn 2. I'm on a platform here about 40 feet above the infield area just at the exit of Turn 2. If you remember, it was here last year where Davey Allison and Dale Earnhardt crashed at the end of the Daytona 500 by STP, allowing Ernie Irvin to go off to his first-ever Super Speedway win. The banking here, 31 degrees coming into Turn number 1, off Turn number 2 as well. The transition, the trouble spot here we saw yesterday in the Goodies 300 of this car's descend off that 31-degree banking and hit this back straight away. I'll be following all the action through turns one and two here today. Most of the action that we saw in the qualifying races came going up into turn number three. That's at the end of that back shoot and one of the fastest parts of this racetrack. To cover it for us today there from Daytona Beach, Florida, Alan Bestwick. Thank you, Barney. Good afternoon, everyone. Positioned on a platform about 50 feet in the air on the inside of the back straightaway right at the entrance to turn number three. And the problem with this part of the racetracks for the drivers is the transition from the almost flat back straightaway into the 31-degree banking of turn number three. Drivers will pull out of line, try and make drafting slingshot passes down the back straightaway and pretty much have to force their way back into line before they hit that banking. It gets to be a little pushing and shoving Saturday night race sometimes at 190 miles an hour. Field now working up towards turn number three behind the safety car, and they'll be coming into the view of Fred Armstrong from Portland, Oregon, the man who's positioned high atop turn number four as we get set to come to the green flag. Thank you, Eli. Good afternoon, everybody. We're on a platform just on the outside of the exit of turn four, and races have been won and lost right here in the final turn at the east end of the speedway. In 1976, David Pearson and Richard Petty were side-by-side for the lead on the final lap of the Daytona 500 when the two cars came together in turn four. The race was won by Pearson as he limped his wounded car across the line. In the 1990 Daytona 500, young driver Derek Cope was drafting behind Dale Earnhardt on the final lap when Earnhardt cut down a tire and handed Cope his first Winston Cup victory. We'll cover the action for you here in turn four. For the 21st season, it is Pontiac pacing the Daytona 500 by STP. That Grand Prix now pulls on a pit road with Elmo Langley at the wheel. We look for the green flag for the start of the great American race. Here's Barney Hall. The Daytona 500 by STP is underway. On the break, Sterling Marlin gets out all by himself. Dale Earnhardt wastes no time in making a move as they head for turn one. Earnhardt has already passed Bill Elliott, but maybe not yet. Going back to the turn, Elliott battles back on the outside. As a matter of fact, Earnhardt dropped down low 
Now Mark Martin will go by to take over the third spot. So Earnhardt falls back to fourth. He may lose that to Morgan Shepard. There are five Fords lined up on the outside. Earnhardt has picked up drafting help from fellow Chevrolet driver Ernie Irvin down to the inside. But for now, the Fords are strong in the back straightaway. Earnhardt will race Davey Allison for fifth place as they go into turn number three. Five Fords lead the way. Everybody slams down to the inside of the racetrack. The front four do. Now it's going to be a battle for the fifth position. Dale Earnhardt with his Chevrolet on the inside of Davey Allison off turn four. Maybe the best start has been that of Richard Petty. He went outside about five cars into the inside of one or two others here at the stripe. Sterling Marlin leading Bill Elliott second. Mark Martin, then Morgan Shepard, who ran so very well in the qualifying races on Thursday. Single file among the top seven, and now they are back in turn number one. Battling back for the ninth spot now is Earnhardt. He has fallen all the way back to that position, battling with Greg Sachs for the spot. They're side by side coming off turn number two. Challenge for the fourth position. Morgan Shepard dropped his four down low. Davey Allison has gone by on the outside. Now Ricky Rudd tucks tight on Allison's bumper. He'll draft by Shepard as well. Michael Waltrip in the Pontiac will blow by into sixth. Mike Waltrip will establish the sixth position. Now Morgan Shepard caught out of line, drops back in line. The battle will be back for the seventh position. Greg Sachs on the outside. Dale Earnhardt on the inside. Dale Earnhardt has dropped back all the way to eighth position. Meanwhile, Richard Petty picks up a couple of more spots, working his way up through the field. Single file at the start-finish line at the end of lap number two. They head back into the corner. Sterling Marlin still the leader. Still watching that eighth-place battle going on between Earnhardt and Greg Sachs. Just before they get to turn one, Earnhardt will slide by and pick up that position. Further back, Darrell Walter on the move. He's alongside the Ernie Irvin car. That'll be a battle for the tenth spot. Leaders single file off turn two. Now one car falling down out of line in that lead group of nine cars. That's Morgan Shepard. He'll go down to the inside and try the Greg Sachs car. That's not going to work. He'll fall back single file. Now Davey Allison makes a bid for third. Ernie Irvin also making a bid on the high side of the racetrack on the outside of Darrell Waltrip. Now the battle on the inside with Michael Waltrip down low. He'll battle it out for fourth. Michael saying glued to the low side of the racetrack. That's the quickest way around if you have somebody to go with you. Otherwise, you may end up losing a number of spots. And here's Earnhardt, three wide at the stripe for fifth spot. Dale goes all the way outside to the retaining wall of the trioval area. He's got Ricky Rudd's car and Michael Waltrip there with him. Earnhardt will get the spot. He'll leave Ricky Rudd there to battle with Michael Waltrip. They'll go side by side for a moment. Now Rudd clears the Waltrip car. Greg Sachs follows in the outside lane. He too gets by. That triple wide race for fifth spot has allowed the front four to open up some measure on Earnhardt, who's in fifth right now. Sterling Mark Bill Elliott, Davey Allison, and Mark Martin about eight car lengths ahead of Earnhardt. A couple of Chevrolets will battle it out for the fifth position. Dale Earnhardt takes his car down to the bottom of the racetrack. Right behind is Ricky Rudd. Then Greg Sachs will stay single file off turn four. And some of the most anxious moments of the Daytona 500 by STP are over in a sense, and that's the early laps that they kind of hope nothing happened at the front of the field. Field beginning to string out a little bit right now. Looking a little further back in the pack, Richard Petty picks up one more position. He's about to try and move in behind his son, Kyle, and maybe get a draft there as the two Pontiacs work up toward the front of the pack. Matter Field fa- is back in two. Matter of fact, Kyle has already been helping his father coming off turn two. The last lap, Kyle fell in behind and helped Richard get by some of those cars. Kyle now leads his dad, but his dad is dealing with another old veteran, Buddy Baker. They're side by side off two. Meanwhile, the front 20 cars have all lined up single file, bumper to bumper, trying to string together one big freight train into turn three. Fords lead the way into the corner, now through the apex, 
way high on the banking goes Greg Sachs, Ricky Rudd along with him, and now coming along the inside of Rudd will be Morgan Shepard. They'll all hold single file formation. They'll be bearing down on the Kerry Teague car here in just a moment as he came by us seconds ago. Sounds as though he's probably lost a cylinder on that Team USA entry. We were telling you earlier, Teague this week, not only driving the race car, but also taking the show car around to special appearances. He said, if that's what I've got to do to get my foot strong in a Winston Cup racing, I'll do it. The lead car is now virtually single file with the exception of two near the end of that lead draft. Racing for ninth and tenth spots. That's Ernie Irvin down to the inside of the Greg Sachs car on the back straightaway. Irvin's going to pick up some drafting help from Jeff O'Rein and now a bid for the lead. Side by side as they come into the corner down to the inside of the racetrack will be Bill Elliott. Now he'll go to the high side and race alongside for the lead as they come off turn four. Bill Elliott makes a good move coming through three and four. Takes that car right out against the wall. Gets it out in clean air and Bill Elliott is the leader of the Daytona 500 by STP. Good battle going on for second place now. Sterling Marlin down to the inside. Davey Allison to the outside. They're back in one. And Earnhardt's following Allison in the outside lane. It may help the draft in moving them ahead. For now Marlin holds down to the inside of the racetrack. Still up a alongside the Davey Allison car. As a matter of fact, Marlin has the fender of the Ford out in front for second. Sterling Marlin will try and wedge his way back up into the outside lane, but on the back straightaway with no drafting help, it's not going to work. Here comes Allison by him on the outside. Now Earnhardt's going to pull up alongside Marlin into turn number three. That Ford and Chevrolet will go high, but now going down to the bottom of the racetrack will be Dale Earnhardt. He'll tuck in behind Sterling Marlin, and he'll battle alongside Davey Allison for the third position. Davey's car going a bit higher in the banking of turn four than he'd possibly like. It opens the inside for Earnhardt if he can get the run off the low side of the racetrack. But Davey keeping his forward wound up and with help from Greg Sachs behind him, they'll stay even if nothing better alongside Earnhardt in that battle for third back to turn one. They're still side by side. Earnhardt down underneath Davey Allison. Directly behind them, they're stacked up two by two. Greg Sachs and Ernie Irvin are there. Morgan Shepard and Jeff Bodine also on the move down low. Front 11 cars have begun to break away from the rest of the pack just a bit now although that race for third still continues side by side. Earnhardt and Irvin and the Chevrolets on the bottom. Davey Allison in the Ford. Greg Saxon and a Chevy lined up on the outside lane. Davey Allison will get a fender out in front as they enter turn number three, but here comes Earnhardt. He'll battle back to the low side. Ernie Irvin behind to give him some drafting help. Still side by side for third. And the fans are watching Bill Elliott take a, kind of an erratic line at time to time coming through the dog leg. Several times you'll see him drop down to the apron of the racetrack and swing back up in the middle of the speedway to kind of break up the air on that lead draft. Elliott is the leader at the end of eight laps. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Back with you at Daytona International Speedway. We welcome you to MRN's coverage of the Daytona 500 by STP. Davey Allison jumped out of line moments ago to try and make a spot change, but he went from a battle for second all the way back to seventh because he ran up on the cars of Mike Potter and Delma Cowart on the low side of the racetrack. And Fred Armstrong, there's probably not a worse place to catch traffic than on the low side of turn number four. And it cost Davey about five spots. Well, there really aren't three lanes, uh, lanes to race out here. And Davey Allison saw the traffic coming, but there was nowhere for him to step back in line. So he had to just drift as high up as he could without getting into the outside lane. And now Davey Allison getting back in line, back in the seventh position. I think we're going to see these drivers take a little extra care particularly the first 50 laps or so here at Daytona from all the accidents we had seen in practice and in some of the qualifying races earlier in the week. Right now, let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Brett Bodine way off the pace as he came across the start-finish line. It's down on the apron of the, of the racetrack, heading off into turn number one. And a moment ago, Bob Shack's car was on pit road, and they have have taken it behind the wall right now. Dick Brooks, did you get the story on that? Yes, I did, uh, Barney. They, they just now parked the car. They had a 
busted water pump shaft, which is uh, kind of unusual, but it lost the fan and it went into the radiator. And Kerry Teague has made a couple of unscheduled pit stops, the rookie driver having some problems also. Here they come down to the line. It will be 13 laps complete this time. Front four are single file. The real hornet's nest is back from 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th position. There is a heavy pack of traffic there as they work up to Joe Moore in turn two. Greg Sachs holds that fifth spot directly behind him is where they're stacked up double wide. Morgan Shepard now breaking away from Ricky Rudd. He'll hang on to the sixth spot, the battle for seventh between Rudd on the inside and Michael Waltrip on the outside. Rudd will hang his car down to the bottom and pick up some drafting help from Ernie Irvin who runs right behind up in the high line though Michael Waltrip has picked up a partner in Davey Allison they will go by Ricky Rudd will squeeze in line right in front of Mark Martin Mark Martin will take the low lane however coming into turn number three so Ricky Rudd will drift back one more position now caught on the high side is Greg Sachs now tucking in behind will be Ricky Rudd but Sachs will lose two positions Meanwhile, Brett Bodine's Ford continues to roll very slowly around the racetrack. I can't tell from here if he's under power, if it's an engine problem or ignition. Let's go to the pits and get to work. Eli, I'm in his uh, Brett Bodine's pits. Kenny Bernstein, the owner of the team, standing here. Kenny, what's the matter? Uh, Brett, Brett just said it just shut off. We switched boxes, but it still won't start. The starter will turn it over, but it won't get started. Well... Sometimes those things get bad. They get it in here, they probably find a wire loose or something like that, but it could be terminal. Tough, tough break for Brett Bodine. Boy, he was so encouraged earlier this week. He said for the first time he had come to Daytona. He had a great engine, a car that was running awfully well, and here to have a problem this early, the 14th lap of the 500. Meanwhile, Kerry Teague's problems now have forced him behind the wall in the Team USA entry. He is heading into the garage area. Let's get an update again from Pit Road. They pulled it behind the wall, but they're trying to get it fixed. They're working on the right side of the engine compartment. They're going to pull the valve cover gasket off or the valve covers off and see if they can determine the problem. They've already checked all the spark plug wires all the times that they've come in. They hope to get the Team USA car back in the race. Right now, the lead cars have just pulled off turn number two and heading down the long back straightaway. It's beginning to develop into a two big packs of cars. There's about 23 or four up in that lead pack, and then toward the tail end of the field, there's some real strong race cars back there led by Kyle Petty as they move up to Alan Bestwick. And, Alan, I'm surprised that some of the caliber of competition back there hasn't been able to hang on to the lead draft or at least get up toward the front. Some of those cars were running awfully well in the practice times we saw as late as yesterday afternoon, Barney, including Rick Wilson and Hutch Strickland. Alan Kowicki's back there as well. Of course, a couple of those drivers are using backup cars after they had accidents during the qualifying race on Thursday, but they're not doing a lot of side-by-side racing. You'd think that running single file, they'd be able to close that ground a little bit more than they have been. Leaders are over in turn two. Front three cars are Fords. Earnhardt had his Chevrolet up there amongst those three cars a few moments ago, but he lost the draft now and is falling back to join the next pack of cars. Man on the move is Jeff Bodine. He bypassed Earnhardt last time by down the back straightaway. He's moved up to join the Junior Johnson cars of Elliott and Marlin in that front three. Bodine's red Ford down to the inside. Sterling Marlin also down there. Bill Elliott's red Ford leads away. Those three tighten up in a tidy draft and begin to pull away from Earnhardt off turn four. They'll try to pull away if they can, but right now Earnhardt's staying well within shouting distance. That second group of cars that trails the leaders up in turns three and four right now. Buddy Baker and Richard Petty have made the move around Kyle Petty. Rick Wilson's Ford will settle in line next and they'll shuffle it around a bit. Phil Parsons tucks back in line just behind the Ray Bestest machine of Hutch Strickland, A.J. Foyt, Kyle Petty, Alan Kowicki all running in that pack of automobiles as they head towards turn number one. But we are still early in the Daytona 500 by STP. 17 laps are complete. Early in the day, it was Sterling Marlin 
Then it was Bill Elliott. And that's the way we sit with Elliott leading after lap 17. 20 laps are complete in the Daytona 500 by STP. 200 laps making up the total distance here this afternoon. Sterling Marlin, who led the first five laps today, has now reassumed the lead. Running in the uh, second spot is Jeff Bodine, Bill Elliott third, then Davey Allison running fourth, and Morgan Shepard fifth. Joining us in the booth, looking on, most interested as everybody is, Stan Galt, the chairman and CEO of the Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company. And I'll tell you, when you talk to these fellas and they just rave about the tires, who was it was saying, I think Dale Earnhardt, folks don't realize the speed that you barrel off into the corners here. And he said it's, it's comforting to have the kind of tire that Goodyear has given. Well, these people are our toughest critics, as you know, and by the same token, they're also our best salespeople. The IROC series running on uh, the Goodyear radials here on uh, Friday, an outstanding race. And uh, the decision was made to allow as much tire changing as you want because the radials don't really change that much. That four new tires, you're still running like you are on the used tires. And that's a testimony because for years, as you know, the tires would give up a little bit no longer. That's what I understand. And, of course, not only are they, have they been perfected over the, over the years, but they've been able to take this technology now and apply it down into where the consumer can get the benefit that comes out of the racing field. That's been a big thing for Goodyear over the years, uh, taking what happens on the track and getting it over to the Goodyear stores in uh, any town USA. Absolutely. And, of course, this is such a tremendously exciting day for the 130,000 people that are here, as well as the millions who uh, see it on television and hear it on radio across the country. And to me, it's a very exciting day because it's the first time I've ever had the opportunity to see a Daytona uh, firsthand. Well, I think you're in store for quite an afternoon, Mr. Galt. Great to have you with us and stop by any time. Thank you, sir. Stan Galt, the chairman and CEO of the Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company, so very much a part of NASCAR and racing all across the world. Now we've got five, six Fords pacing the field in the Daytona 500 here this afternoon. Sterling Marlin out front. Jeff Bodine rides second. Davey Allison is third. Bill Elliott has slipped back to fourth. And fifth right now is Morgan Shepard riding sixth. That will be Mark Martin. And that's uh, kind of the way things have gone. Dick Brooks, you had an observation on that just a moment ago. Well, Barney, first of all, the 26 car, Brett Bodines, has got the uh, distributor shaft gear, has uh, stripped uh, three teeth off of it. Uh, it's kind of unusual. They're checking now to see if the camshaft is still good enough that they can uh, put another distributor in and make the car run. That's kind of an unusual thing for it to strip off part like that and not uh, take the whole thing. But anyway, he's out for a while. The uh, thing about these Fords, and I think one of the things that uh, people had talked about, I'd commented about it three or four times during the week, and I've been there quite a few times myself. Those guys get the running so hard, they can pull you so hard down a straightaway that if you're off anywhere in a corner or if you get caught in traffic or you have to do anything at all through the corners themselves, uh, you just can't keep up. You, if, uh, you can't catch back up down a straightaway. With the restrictor plates the way they are, these cars don't have much torque. They have a lot of horsepower, but they don't have much torque. It's all high RPM uh, uh, horsepower, and uh, they just won't pull herself back up. I know I used to ride in cases like this when I, when we really was in trouble with drafting, like maybe Earnhardt's doing now, or a couple of those guys are doing. It put your left foot over on the right foot, so you made sure that you had to you had to lift both of them in order to lift in the corners at all, so you could keep up. And I think they're doing that some. I did talk to Childers, uh, the owner for uh, for Dale Earnhardt, and he's saying that their car's off some. And uh, they'll get it hooked back up, and it'll run a little faster, I think. 
had a problem coming out of turn number four. Morgan Shepard and Jeff Bodine got together, and it looked like a little smoke coming out of Jeff Bodine's car as he works over to turn two. The car looks pretty stable here coming through turn number two. We're watching as he follows off turn two and hits his back straightaway. Seems to be up to speed and no problem apparent. That actually began developing on the back straightaway last time by. Jeff Bodine got bypassed by Davey Allison when Jeff tried to wedge his way back into line in front of Bill Elliott. Elliott wouldn't let him in. Then he tried to wedge his way back in line in front of Morgan Shepard, and there are now black tire marks all over the right side, or excuse me, the left side of Shepard's car. And Jeff Bodine continues to drift backwards. Now he'll hook up in the front of the Morgan Shepard car as he shuffles off turn four. They have got a tire rub on Jeff Bodine's car as he comes by us here in the trioval. Of course, Barney, it's also dependent upon how the car leans just a bit, how it is in the yaw position, because you can see uh, every now and then a little tire rub. But that was a battle that was shaping up for third spot. Let's go down to the pits, Jim Phillips. We're in the Bud Moore pit. Bud, can you leave him out there, or are you going to have to pit? Well, we don't know just yet. We'll see. Uh, I don't know what happened over there, but what I'm touched a little bit. we got a fender in just a little bit. That's Bud Moore, the car owner for uh, Jeff Bodine. They have the tires up on the wall, two pit if they need to. Didn't appear to be that much smoke out of the car last time by when Jeff Bodine passed under the start-finish line here. Three cars locked up in that tight draft out of turn number four, and that will be the battle for the lead. It is a good second and a half, perhaps as much as two seconds, back to the fourth, fifth, and sixth-place car. As 26-7, make it 27 laps are on the board, Sterling Marlin heads back into turn number one. So far, nobody's been able to head him off. Every time he's been in front, he's been able to hang on. We'll quickly mention that for every lap that Sterling Marlin leads today, Maxwell House Coffee will donate $1,000 to the Children's Miracle Network. They're back in two. Davey Allison closing in quickly off Marlin as they exit turn two. And Bill Elliott runs in the third position, then a good 15-20 car lengths. Back to Jeff Bodine, who's fourth. Morgan Shepard runs fifth. Mark Martin is sixth. Michael Waltrip seventh. Ernie Irvin is eighth. Darrell Waltrip is ninth. The battle will be for fifth as Mark Martin looks to the inside of Morgan Shepard. Jeff Bodine is up in front there. Now Shepard tries to take a peek at Bodine, but all three Fords stay on the bottom of the racetrack. 28 laps will be complete when they come by this time as the field getting a little bit strung out in the early going. And so far, thank goodness, we have been caution-free in the Daytona 500 by STP. From the Daytona International Speedway, this is MR. Here at Daytona, 29 laps are complete of the 200 in the 1992 running of the Daytona 500 by STP. It is an overcast day, though the temperature's still in the upper 70s, low 80s. It's a gorgeous week for racing here at uh, Daytona International Speedway. The running order at this juncture, Sterling Marlin continues as the race leader. Davey Allison running second. Third now belongs to Bill Elliott. A distance back to Jeff Bodine in fourth, who started way back and worked his way as far forward as second. Then fifth is Morgan Shepard as those cars work back off into turn number one. We do want to remind you today that this race includes the Gillette Halfway Challenge Contest brought to you by Right Guard Antiperspirant and Deodorant and the Sensor Shaving System. $10,000 going to the driver leading at the halfway lap. And one of you folks listening at home could win a new Chevy Lumina or an instant bonus prize. If you'd like to enter, simply call 1-900-226-6600 before the halfway lap today. One entry will be drawn at random and called back at home after the halfway lap. If you're called back and can tell us who was leading at halfway, well, you'll win the Gillette Halfway Challenge and that new Chevrolet. There is no purchase necessary. The call costs 95 cents. The contest is void in Louisiana and Minnesota. And otherwise, give us a call. I was going to say, I guess the folks in Louisiana, Minnesota, they don't use deodorant, they don't shave, but unfortunately, those are the local rules, and we do apologize to those of you who can't participate. Let's go to the garage. Winston Kelly. Brett Bodine, an early afternoon. What happened? 
Well, it looks like the distributor gear broke off. Uh, the distributor shaft went down and wrung all the teeth off the end of the cam shaft. You know, I just can't believe this has happened to us. You know, we've had such a great car running all week. It's been plenty fast, and we worked and worked on the handling. Had a great handling car out there today, and uh, you know, I just hate it for the Quaker State people because they've been with us for so long and haven't had any success here at Daytona, and I thought we could have gave it to them today. We'll be back. You know, it's a good race team. We've got a lot of great people working for us. We'll be tough at Rockingham. That's Brett Bodine. He's out of it. Another story that's developing on Davey Allison's before Thunderbird, who's running in second. The team said that they're a bit loose, and they're planning on bringing it in if they can get a caution flag and removing the rubber spacers and the springs on the rear of the car. So although Davey Allison is running in second position, he's a bit loose, and they hope to make a change on that car if they can get a caution flag. Tell you what, if they get him hooked up a whole lot better than he is right now, he may end up being the one they're drafting the rest of the day because Davey, even though he's drifting up a little bit in the corner, he's able to lock on to the leader and has been right up there for the last 10 or 12 laps. 32 laps are on the scoreboard. Another car that we've been watching that is really moving up through the field is that of Dale Jarrett. And that team's looked good all week long, too, Eli. They had a little trouble in the qualifying race the other day, but for the most part, they're coming right onto the front of the pack. They really are. That car running very smoothly. It's taking a very good set around the racetrack. Right now, working past the start-finish line, following Derek Cope and just ahead of Bobby Hill, and again running in 13th after starting in 35th spot. Let's go to Pitt Road. We're in the Kyle Petty pit with Robin Pemberton. Robin, you had a back you started back at the field you worked your way up a little bit now you've fallen back a little bit more what's the problem uh there's no problem right now it's just uh, trying to stay out of the trouble we took a conservative approach because we started so far back and uh hoping for a caution where we can work on the car and get it better and on the caution uh, if they don't get a caution they go between the 48 and 53 laps on a tank of uh, fuel here at daytona with this type of restrictor plate we're just about to ask at what lap would we likely see the first pit stops here this afternoon, and uh, Jim Phillips has just answered that question, so we should see some stops coming up here before too much longer. 34 laps are on the scoreboard. It is still Sterling Marlin in front. Davey Allison rides second, and in third place is Bill Elliott. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. Sterling Marlin, Davey Allison, and Bill Elliott running first, second, and third together. Now as we rejoin you here at Daytona International Speedway, 37 laps are on the board in the Daytona 500 by STP. Running behind those top three, Jeff Bodine is in the fourth spot, Ernie Irvin fifth, Darrell Waltrip sixth, Mark Martin seventh. Next in line is eighth place running Michael Waltrip, and they're posting in ninth now. Morgan Shepard's car rounding out the top ten is Dale Earnhardt. We mentioned there was a bit of a problem there on the uh, Greg Sachs car, which seemed to snap, crackle, and pop its way back to pit road there seconds ago. Winston Kelly, what's wrong with the Kellogg's car? Well, the car was extremely loose, and since they were close to the point at which they were going to pit anyway, they decided to bring the Kellogg's car on in. They started out with about 38 degrees of spoiler, which is just three degrees above the minimum that you can run here at Daytona, and Harry Hyde bumped the spoiler up several degrees on that pit stop, and they also changed right side rubber in hopes that the car would tighten up and run smoother through the corners. Greg is running a little bit better, but still not up to the speed he was earlier here this afternoon. He is now in 37th position. Let's go back to pit road. Oh, we're down in the in uh, Ernie Irvin's pits. He's uh, he's the top running Chevrolet at this time. Tony Glover's here. Tony, you uh, first in class. You said a while ago. The car feel pretty good. Well, it's running pretty good right now. We kind of missed our chassis setup just a little bit for the weather and. Uh, you know, if we can get a yellow, get a green flag pit stop and adjust on it, I think we'll be fine in our class, but uh, I don't look to beat the rest of them. Well, I don't know. Everybody's got a little bit of a sad feeling about the Fords are going to be able to outrun them. I, 
these guys are off some. Now, some of the Fords are a little bit loose, but that means that they're going to run fast when they have to. And if you're pushing, you can't do nothing about it. It's just uh, going to slow down in the corner. And, it's, uh, and again, with the restricted places, it's going to make it even that much worse. So they get these Chevrolets adjusted. If they can get a pit stop and get them adjusted, I think uh, you see a little bit different race. It's going to be tough, though, with them Ford. And, Barney, it's good to see Tony Glover back here at the racetrack. His uh, grandfather passed away on Wednesday, and after the action here at the track, he went back home to Kingsport, Tennessee, for the funeral and uh, returned to the track in time for this day's effort. So uh, all of us here at MRN want to express our condolences to Tony and the family on the loss that they suffered earlier in the week. Yeah, that's the defending uh, Daytona 500 by STP champ from last year, and I wouldn't count him out here today. I think he touched on a point there, Tony Glover did, and that is the weather has changed. It had been forecast to be up in the high 70s or low 80s this afternoon, and it's been overcast most of the day, and it's a little bit cooler than they anticipated. I think we'll see a lot of adjustments on these cars when they bring them into the pits here uh, some 10 laps or so from now. Let's go back to the pits. Well, Barney, that's a very true statement. It's probably uh, 15, 18 maybe degrees, maybe uh, cooler than they thought it was going to be. The air is a lot heavier and uh, makes an awful lot of difference. Uh, by the air being heavier, you got more power, all right. But uh, with it being cooler, the cars are going to be uh, going to have a tendency to be tighter and stuck to the racetrack. And uh, it's just going to make a lot of difference on some of these guys that just expected it to be a lot warmer in the sunshine. It is now 2.66 seconds from third place, the end of that three-car draft that leads this event. Bill Elliott in third, back to that next combination of cars, led by Ernie Irvin, Darrell Waltrip, Jeff Bodine, and Mark Martin as they move around the Greg Sachs automobile. Here in the booth, joining us, looking over our shoulders, John Middlebrook, the general manager of the Pontiac Motor Division, who is uh, always with us whenever the racing comes to Daytona. And you were telling us the other evening at a Pontiac function that this was the 21st year that Pontiac has paced Winston Cup racing with that pace car. That's uh, quite an honor. Yeah, it sure is. It's a great event for us, and uh, every year just seems to get more exciting, Eli. Tell me about the car you showed off the other evening at the Hilton, that uh, special Richard Petty edition of the Grand Prix. That was a beautiful car. Yeah, it sure is. It's just one of the honors that we want to give Richard for his uh, farewell uh, or his uh, special fan appreciation tour. And we're going to build just a 1,000 of them in red, white, and blue. Will they be available? How many uh, dealerships might have them? Where can the fans go with that few of those cars to be made? Well, we hope they'll go to their Pontiac dealership, and the dealers uh, will have them. We're building them now, and as they say, only a 1,000 low will be built. Well, it's great to see you as always, and I know uh, things are picking up at uh, the Pontiac dealerships across the country, and uh, always uh, when you're in town, come by and visit. Thanks, Eli. Great to be here. Good to see you. John Middlebrook, the general manager of Pontiac. couple of Pontiacs in the top dozen right now. Michael Waltrip in eighth. Rusty Wallace running in the 12th spot here early in the Daytona 500. And I think we'll see him running a little bit better once they can get on pit road and, as we said, make a few adjustments to the handling of those cars. 42 laps are complete in the Daytona 500 by STP. The interval now between the top three and the fourth place car is open to three and seven tenths of a second. Here come the front three. Sterling Marlin ahead of Davey Allison by two car lengths. Right behind Davey Allison hanging on to third is Bill Elliott. A lot of these guys just taking their time here in the early going this afternoon. As we said, I think you'll see them be very careful through the first pit stop. Once they make the adjustments and get linked back up in some tight drafting, I think you're going to raise the hair on your neck. Some of the racing we'll see before the day is over. Front three are out of turn number two, heading down the back stretch as that second pack of traffic's just in front of Joe Moore. They'll go single file, getting around the Del McCower Mike Potter car as they hit the back straightaway. A couple of guys on the move. Darrell Waltrip and Ernie Irvin have linked up in a tight draft, trying to chase down the front two. They both bypassed Mark Martin in his Ford a couple of laps ago. Those two Chevrolets now tighten it up to the bottom of the racetrack. Neither steps out of line as they link up and try to go forward. 
We are on lap number 43, Richard Petty's number. So why don't we give you a rundown at lap number 43. You've had it, Barney, this week at SFI. So many of the fans have asked us to give more rundowns during the course of our broadcast, and we'll try and do that this year. One of the projects we're really uh, committed to is to keep you up to date on as many of the top runners as we can. Jeff Bodine is on pit road. Lead is Sterling Marlin, Davey Allison second, third now is Bill Elliott, Ernie Irvin fourth, Darrell Waltrip fifth, Mark Martin in sixth, seventh belongs to Michael Waltrip, Jeff Bodine was in eighth, Morgan Shepard ninth, tenth is Ken Schrader, eleventh Darrell Walt, excuse me, eleventh is Dale Earnhardt, twelfth belongs to Rusty Wallace, running in thirteenth Dale Jarrett, Derek Cope is fourteenth, fifteenth a good run for young Wally Dallenbach Jr., sixteenth is Dick Trickle driving the Raymock car, in seventeenth position they will post Bobby Hillen Jr. 18th now is the Ricky Rudd car. Continuing the rundown, 19th is Terry Labonte and the top 20 now rounded out by Rick Mash. Pit stop just a moment ago by Jeff Bodine and Bud Moore's car. Let's see if we can get a report. They changed the outside tires, took a look at the right rear quarter panel. Harold Stott just pulled on it a little bit so it should be okay. Filled it up with Unical gasoline. A good pit stop for the Bud Moore team. He's back on the racetrack. Well, Walter's going to be seeing his driver back in front of him here in just a second. Walter being Bud Moore. That's his given name. Jeff Bodine with excessive speed exiting pit road. He'll have to come back to the Motorcraft pit area for a stop-and-go penalty. A tough break for that car running well here in the early going. 45 laps complete. We'll be back at Daytona in a minute. On lap number 48 of the Daytona 500 by STP, routine pit stops for most everybody with the exception of Mark Martin, Jim Phillips. He came in, Eli cut toward his pit and then went right on by. He missed it, so he's going to have to come back in. Kyle Petty's coming into a sliding stop at his pit, but he got stopped. Sterling Marlin came in. He changed four tires in 21.7 seconds. His crew did. Great job. Terry Labonte was back in on a stop and go on lap 47. Rick Wilson was in. Now here's Bill Elliott as the Budweiser crew goes to the right side. Mike Hill and Jim Brewer changing the tires on that machine. They're adding the Unical gasoline. Richard Petty is in. He's getting tires and gasoline. He's down and on his way. Dick Brooks. Well, Ernie Irvin just stopped in his pits and changing right side. They're only going to do two tires. Rusty Wallace comes by the same thing they're going to do right side on his tire well, they're going to do four on rusty's car uh they're taking the right sides off now uh, Derek cope was in he changed right sides on his car as uh with uh bobby hamilton it is the same thing with him stanley smith was in and trying to get uh he got service got tired and now the car won't start so they're pushing it down the uh down the uh pit row here as best they can uh the, the three car of dale uh, earnhardt was in and they changed right side on his Bumped up a spoiler and put a little bite out. Took a little bite out. Uh, I think these things will run a little bit different now. Now we're seeing an awful lot of adjustments on just about every car that has been on the pit road. Winston Kelly. All the cars that came in on this end of pit road getting four, two tires, two right side tires and gasoline. Wally Dollenbach bringing his fourth Thunderbird now. And now they're going to the right side of the car. Davey Allison came in, got two right side tires, and they put a round of wedge in the car to try to tighten it up. Dale Jarrett getting two tires along with Ted Musgrave and Rick Wilson, the drivers on this end of pit road, coming in for service. Hut Strickland is also on pit road. Alan Kowicki will bring his car into the pits as just about everybody, save maybe four or five cars, have elected to bring their cars in between lap 46 and lap 50. Now, these are green flag pit stops, and that little miscue, whatever caused it a moment ago on Mark Martin's car, is going to cost him badly. Also, Kyle Petty's team was over the pit wall too early, a 15-second penalty being uh, assessed. 
just there. And a lengthy pit stop on A.J. Foyt's car. A.J. is driving the car that Ed Beerswall had here earlier in the week and failed to qualify for the event. But when A.J. lost his primary car and the backup car here on Thursday, he has rented the Beerswall machine. But when he came down off the racetrack onto pit road, there was a lot of smoke behind the car. And while he was on the pit lane, the crew and the NASCAR officials both peering all around that race car. So it was a lengthy stop for A.J. Foyt. But a frustrating week for A.J. Foyt here at Speed Weeks 92. 51 laps on the board. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Here at the Daytona International Speedway, we're just about one quarter of the way home in the Daytona 500 by STP. 51 laps have just gone up on the scoreboard. 200 will make up the distance in the event here this afternoon. And so far, there have been caution-free, and there was a lot of apprehension all week long about what might happen after the qualifying races here on Thursday. And we saw all those spin-outs and crashes and things happening in the draft out there. But the drivers have really done some heads-up driving, and as Dick Brooks pointed out, part of that is the field got strung out real quick. A lot of guys not able to hang on to the draft, and that's pretty well the way the field is right now. It is strung out all around the racetrack. Tough break for Bobby Hillen on the Team Ireland entry. He's had to come back down pit road. The catch can that is attached to the rear of the car to catch the fuel overflow during a pit stop was never disengaged from the rear of the car, and Bobby is at to come down the pit lane again as the crew yanks that catch can away. That's probably the most unusual crew uh, down there. If, uh, if the president of the United Nations showed up in that pit, you wouldn't be surprised. They've got a crew chief from New Zealand, owners from Ireland. They've got folks from Australia on that crew. It is re- really a mixed bag of personnel, and of course, a good old southern boy driving it, uh, Bobby Hillen from Midland, Texas, in the middle of all that. That's an international race team, we'll put it that way 53 laps are complete something we really need to touch on here because uh, we've seen and I think it is a positive effect on NASCAR and Winston Cup racing the rules have been enforced so strictly this time not only on the cars uh, Gary Nelson the new technical director of NASCAR went to all the shops over the winter and said this is what we want and this is what the cars will look like when you come to Daytona and they have really rigidly enforced that all week long in qualifying practice and everything else Today, here in the tower, we're seeing the NASCAR officials, which their booth is right next to ours. They are watching pit road probably as close as we've ever seen them to let these guys know that, hey, these rules are in effect and they're going to be enforced as far as speeding on pit road, coming in too quick, maybe uh, not necessarily reckless driving, but just making the drivers use a little more heads-up common sense when they make these pit stops. It is good to see that going on. It really is. They are watching everything like a hawk here, and the drivers consequently are respecting that. And If they don't, then they have been uh, given a bit of a penalty. We told you earlier that Bob Schacht had the problems with the water pump and so on. We now get word from Winston Kelly in the garage that uh, Bob Schacht is gone for the day. Officially engine failure, the reason for his uh, demise. Here comes the race leader, Ken Schrader, onto pit road. The Kodiak Chevrolet will now pit on lap number 54. So he has gone a goodly distance. Compare that, if you will, to some of the fellows who began pit stop sequencing as early as lap number 45. So in regards to those, we've seen as many as a 10-lap stretch here between themselves and Kenny Schrader. And we've seen the gas be a big factor in who wins the Daytona 500 over the years several times. It might come into play here today. 55 laps complete. We'll be back. Welcome back to Daytona International Speedway. 58 laps around the board in the Daytona 500 by STP. At this juncture, Davey Allison leading the event. Sterling Marlin has led for 33 laps. Bill Elliott for 15. 
six for Ken Schrader, and during the sequencing of the pit stops, one lap led for Darrell Waltrip, but it has been the fours that basically have been showing the way here today. Currently, the running order, Davey Allison, by 10.8 seconds on the rest of the field, Sterling Marlin and the Bill Elliott car. Overhead, Daytona, the Goodyear blimp, the spirit of Akron is on hand here today, and the new paint scheme, as we have seen on many of the race cars, so too for the Goodyear blimp. Used to be the old silver with the blue lettering. Now the blue and gold lettering on the silver blimp. The new color schemes for the Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company. Meanwhile, on pit road, they're looking on contentedly from Davey Allison's pit. The uh, pit stop, Jim Phillips, back on lap 48, has given Davey quite a little breathing room here. It yes. really, really has. He's uh, held up a lead because they changed two tires, and Winston Kelly is in that pit with Larry McReynolds. We're standing along beside Larry McReynolds. Larry, an outstanding pit stop. Well, I think the difference between us and the 22 and 11 was we just took two tires on, and the 22 car and 11 car took four tires. Uh, as long as Jeff Bodine work with us, which it seems like it is, you know, we can kind of hold our ground from them guys. They got a three-car draft with our two-car draft. Not a big difference right now in the speed, so uh, we just see how this thing goes. The car was a little bit loose earlier, and you tightened it up on the pit stop. How? What's Davey saying now? Well, we was actually pushing a little bit that first segment. We took around to bite out. He really hadn't said a whole lot since then. I'd say it'll take another few laps before it shows up if we actually fixed the car or didn't affect it. With a 12.37-second pit stop, a very good one for the Haviland crew. That was Larry McReynolds, the crew chief on the leader, Davey Allison. And Allison has not really been up to form, not saying he's that far off, but everybody expected him to come down here and have one of the quicker cars. But in qualifying and practice, they were struggling just a little bit, but apparently they've done their homework uh, the latter part of the week, and they've got her going right now. You know, the field is strung out around this racetrack fairly significantly, so we might have overlooked the fact that Dale Jarrett, who started back in 35th, was in 21st by the 10th lap, then 17th, then 15th, then 12th, and now at lap number 61, he is running in ninth place. So the uh, interstate uh, machine with Food Lion as the associate sponsor has really worked its way up through the pack. Let's go to Pit Road. And we're in the Dale Jarrett pit with Jimmy Maycar, the crew chief for Dale Jarrett. You started at 35th, and now you're up tonight. Yeah, the car seems to be working pretty good. Uh, yeah, we started in a kind of bad spot. We decided to take our time and uh, really pick our way through this thing carefully. And uh, luckily, things gone green a long way. It's helped us, I think, uh, be able to work our way back, you know, from the back of the pack. You know, uh, we're just kind of going to sit around here and wait till the end and try to hope to be in a good position. Uh, so, Interstate Batteries car's running real good right now, though. Chief Jimmy Maycar for Dale Jarrett. They've had some good runs in practice and in the qualifying races the other day until they had the trouble. They should come away from here with a, a good, solid finish this afternoon and maybe even a win. That would be something if they did. 62 laps are on the scoreboard. We've lost only a couple of cars that have gone behind the wall. Bob Schacht's car is out of the event. Brett Bonine has parked his car for the day. Kerry Teague has been in and out of the garage area also. Let's go back to the pits. Well, we're in the Kenny Schrader pit with uh, Richard Broom, the crew chief. Richard, you got about extra four or five laps out of some of these other cars. Uh, was that a planned thing? You know you can go that far. That's, that's kind of that's trusting uh, the old rules of, well, if we run out, we're in trouble uh, stretching it out some. Well, Dick, we put a lot of emphasis on uh, fuel mileage, and I've got two guys back here that uh, they can tell me within a half lap how far it can go, and uh, looks like it's paying off for us. Well, it certainly is. It uh, could mean an awful lot. Now, you could never pick up an extra stop. I mean, you could, you know, if he did that uh, for the 200 laps, 
he could never gain a spot a stop, stop on everybody but if he did it say three times in a row and he picked up five laps each time that's 15 laps that he could run on the third stop longer than the other cars could and there's a lot of things can happen in 15 laps a caution could come out uh, uh, you know they have some kind of a wreck or something like that that would sure give you a big advantage if everybody else is pitted and you haven't and that's a good move on Richard Brooms part two in this respect also he is one of the few cars that stayed out there to stretch that fuel the first round of pit stops and knows exactly what he can do and how far he can go now the other guys were coming in as Eli said anywhere from lap 45 through lap 51 so they're not really sure exactly what they can do until they actually keep keep the car out there and see if it's going to go uh, an extended stay 64 laps are on the board right now at Daytona Right now, let's take a look at how they're running. Davey Allison is the leader. Sterling Marlin is second. Third is Bill Elliott. Fourth, Ernie Irvin in fifth right now is Morgan Shepard. Sixth, Darrell Waltrip as he continues to just kind of pace himself in there. In seventh is Michael Waltrip, his brother, Dale Earnhardt, consistently running up in the top six or seven cars, but everybody expected that car to go to the front of the pack, including myself. But so far, Earnhardt fell back on the get-go here this afternoon and is being shown in eighth position. Dale Jarrett is being posted ninth. And rounding out the top ten, Kenny Schrader. When Davey Allison had that very quick pitch stop, not only has it given him a huge lead, it has also allowed him to begin lapping a number of very good race cars. He's gone by Rick Mast, Hut Strickland seconds ago. He's running now up in the... Uh about to lap the number 20 position race car on the track. So Davey also has a huge lead, but he's also disposing of a lot of the opposition here, putting him a lap down fairly early in the 500. 65. Davey Allison continuing to lead the Daytona 500 by STP, running in the second spot still the Sterling Marlin car, the pole sitter. Running in third is Bill Elliott. Those cars have all had their share of the lead today, but Davey continues to pace the field. We've had six lead changes among five drivers, and I hasten not to say this, but I have to anyway. We are still caution-free this race was run caution-free, by the way, in 1959, 1961, and 1962, so it would not be unprecedented to go the distance, but the way things normally work up here, Barney, it's kind of like being on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Usually, as soon as you and I say something, something will happen on the racetrack, but hopefully not. Only two of the 42 starters are out of the race. Average speed, 185.680 miles an hour. Davey Allison, the current leader, has led for 13 laps. Sterling Marlin has led a total of 33 laps as the big leader of the day thus far. A couple of cars that uh, we talked about have not been really up in the front of the pack as we anticipated. Dale Earnhardt is one of those. Mark Martin is another. Let's get a report from a couple of those pits. First, let's go to Dick Brooks. Well, Richard Childers is standing here, the uh, car owner for Dale Earnhardt. Richard, uh, you got a chance to make a little bit of adjustment. Did it help at all? Now, the car is still pushing real bad uh, coming off the corners. And, uh, We'll have to wait and try to get, get another stop. Try to fix it. If you could get up good and tight in the draft, would that help any? Yeah, that would probably do it, but we just can't run behind the cars. You know, it seems like we can do pretty good if somebody's behind us, but we just don't have the thing to run behind us. Well, that's uh, part of it. When a car gets back up under or right up under the tail end of you, it'll have a tendency to loosen the car up some. It takes the air off the back of the car and uh, loosen it up some, so that probably holds form. They got plenty of time to get things uh, going their way before the day is over. We're at lap 70, and it takes 200 to run the Daytona 500 by STP. Jim Phillips, are you in Mark Martin's pit? I certainly am, Barney, with Steve Meal. You started off pretty well, but you slid back quite a bit. Uh, what's the problem with Mark's car? Uh, Mark missed the pit board on the green flag stop, and we actually come to the pits twice, and we're about uh, 14 seconds ahead of the leaders right now. Holding our own real good, but we need a caution to get caught back up. The car's doing fine. It's a little bit tight. We just messed up in the pits. 
That's Steve Neal, the crew chief for Mark Martin. Give you an idea how fast they're running so far. We've been cautioned for, uh, free at lap number 60. The average speed was just a little over 185 miles an hour. Pretty good Sunday afternoon drive. Really is. The quickest Daytona 500 ever was Buddy Baker's in the Oldsmobile back in 1980 at a speed of 177.602. Of course, we're still rather early in the day, but uh, nevertheless, those are just some of the numbers that we'll be uh, looking at as our afternoon continues. The Gillette Halfway Challenge is coming up a bit later on in the Daytona 500 by STP. Just 29 laps from now is that uh, halfway mark. The driver leading at halfway will win $10,000. And one of you folks listening at home could win a new Chevrolet and be an instant winner of a Gillette Halfway bonus prize. All of this is brought to you by Right Guard Antiperspirant and Deodorant and the Sensor Shaving System. To enter the contest, call 1-900-226-6600 before the halfway lap. Later today, one entry will be drawn at random, called at home. If you're called back and can name the driver who won the Gillette Halfway Challenge bonus, you'll win a beautiful Chevrolet Lumina. Now, do remember the call costs 95 cents. No purchase necessary. You must be at least 18 years of age or older. It is void in Louisiana and Minnesota and elsewhere where prohibited. Showing 72 laps complete in the Daytona 500 by STP here this afternoon. Mark Martin, who is running in 10th position, is almost 30 seconds behind the leader. So uh, you can pretty well see that the field is jumbled up after that last round of pit stops here. Right now here at Daytona, not much of a meteorologist, am I? Although looking overhead, the heavy clouds, uh, you're more of that than I am, Barney, the man who studied the weather. But it does look as though the ceiling is coming down a bit over towards the west end of the speedway, turns one and two, and uh, normally in these parts, that would indicate there's rain in the vicinity. Most of the weather they get here at the Daytona Speedway, particularly in the form of precipitation, usually comes from the west part of the racetrack, which is where you're talking about. This morning they were saying there was a band of rain down uh, off the coast of Florida, somewhere near Tampa, that was about a couple of hundred miles long and 45 miles wide, and there was a possibility that we might get on the fringe of it sometime during the afternoon. So uh, there is a possibility we could have a little shower, a little mist. Earlier we had just a fine mist before the start of the Daytona 500. But right now, I think we're in pretty good shape here for a while. I hope so. The True Value Hard Charger Award is back with us again here in 1992. That's where points are given to the drivers who are in position one through five on each and every lap of the race. Those points are added up throughout the course of the day. And then the winner at the end of the afternoon is named the uh, True Value Hard Charger for the day. Right now, Sterling Marlin, by virtue of his 33 laps led and his consistent second place and third place run since then, is leading the hard charger competition ahead of Bill Elliott, Davey Allison, Jeff Bodine, and Dale Earnhardt. Of course, those numbers will continue to swap around throughout the course of the day and we'll keep you updated. 185 miles, 74 laps currently in the books here at Daytona. Today's Daytona 500 by STP on MRN Radio is sponsored by Food Lion, America's fastest-growing supermarket, by Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR, by STP Oil Treatment, Gas Treatment, Fuel Injector Cleaner, and Son of a Gun Protectant, by Gatorade Sports Drink for that deep-down body thirst, and by Planners Nuts. Eat Planners. Everybody loves a racing nut. 
Welcome back to the World Center of Racing, where it is a six-and-a-half-second lead for the leader in the Daytona 500, Davey Allison, on second place, Bill Elliott, and third place, well, it was Sterling Marlin. Ernie Irvin now beginning to rumble around that Maxwell House Ford to grab a position away as we welcome you back with Barney Hall. I'm Eli Gold. Joe Moore, Alan Bestwick, and Fred Armstrong are in the turns. Our pit reporters, Dick Brooks, Jim Phillips, and Winston Kelly. Our engineers are Harry Howard and Vince Marzello, as we are tickled to have you with us for our first Winston Cup points race of the year, the Daytona 500 by STP. And Davey Allison has things very much his way at this point, Barney Hall, but I think the big key to watch is that Bill Elliott has now set sail, has broken away from second place and or actually from third place on back and is now trying to chase down Davey by himself. He's six and a half seconds back. Elliott's had one of the better cars all week long as far as the handling department and the horsepower. And as Dick Brooks uh, touched on a point earlier in our broadcast about these cars don't have all that much torque with the plates on them. If you can get in some clean air sometimes by yourself and run out there and keep the momentum up. In other words, just keep the RPMs up when you go off into the corner and you can run around here wide open and never lift on that thing. Sometimes you can make up some ground by yourself and apparently Elliott's got her put in the win so to speak and he is moving toward the front 70 let's make that 80 laps complete here at daytona right now uh, let's see if we can get a word from the budweiser pits well, tim brewer the crew chief for bill elliott the difference so far in your car being in the front now and in second place has been a two-tire pit, pit stop for allison yeah pretty much so you know it's just one of those deals when we qualified we just selected to use a little bit uh, older tire which is a little bit harder but we figured the thing's gonna be a little bit loose that first pit stop but Naturally, we had to put four tires on, and, and those guys got a little bit of a jump on us, but hopefully we can run them back down. Have you said much about the way the car is handling so far? Well, you know, it, it's just a happy medium right now. You know, you, you get by yourself and just take loose. You get with traffic. You know, the thing seems to be pretty good, and that's what we set it up for. But, you know, right now you just got to kind of set back and hang on to the thing, and, you know, hopefully we can run them back down around this 100-lap mark, get Junior Floss a little shopping money. That's Tim Brewer, the crew chief for Bill Elliott. Doesn't seem to be all that worried at this point of the race, and I don't think he should be because that car is really running exceptionally well. 81 laps are on the board. A moment ago, a puff of smoke out of Ricky Rudd's car looked like. Yeah, Ricky was going off into turn number one, and it looked as though there was a quick puff of smoke, and I assume, uh, Joe Moore, when he went by you, the engine wasn't running? Yeah, it was certainly silent when he came by me. He dropped down on the apron of the track and slowed as everyone went by, and now he's trying to make his way back around to the pit. Well, he's made it through, and he's going right into the garage area. Tough, tough break for Ricky Rudd, who was running in 13th position. He will join Bob Schacht and Brett Bodine as the only drivers out of the Daytona 500 by STP. We're 19 laps shy of halfway in this very speedy event here this afternoon. Obviously, we are well above the average record speed at this juncture because we have been caution-free. Davey Allison is the leader if you just joined our broadcast. He's been out front since the first round of pit stops here this afternoon and shows no sign of being headed at this particular juncture of the race. Bill Elliott rides second in the Budweiser Ford. Third is Ernie Irvin. Fourth right now is Sterling Marlin. In fifth is Morgan Shepard. Darrell Waltrip consistently running right up in that top ten. And right behind him is Dale Jarrett and Michael Waltrip and Dale Earnhardt. And caution is coming onto the speedway. And it is raining here at Daytona. That rain that we had talked about closing in over there by you, Joe Moore, in turn two. I assume you've got the umbrella going up. Starting to feel it here. A few moments ago, we felt the temperature drop dramatically, and that's usually an indication that it's coming, and we're getting some sprinkles now. So rain is the reason for this caution on the 83rd lap. 
This is one of those situations also where right now the rain is confined to one end of the speedway. Many of the folks who are sitting in the east end of the track up in turn four are saying, well, what's the problem? But this is such a sprawling complex here. It is so big acreage-wise that there is rain right now over where Joe is in turns one and two, and we can clearly see the rain clouds working at end of the speedway right now. I know we've told the story in the past, Barney, when you and I were working the turns at different ends of the racetrack, and I was standing in three and four and in brilliant sunshine, and you kept going up and down your tower there because it kept raining at one end of the track, and that is not unusual for Daytona. That's why I always wanted to swap ends of the racetrack, and you never would do it. <laughs> I was not brought but to town on the back of a turnip truck. There are a few showers on the horizon here at Daytona coming out of the southwest down toward turns one and two, and uh, the race cars have been put under the yellow flag for the moment. Let's check in with Winston Kelly. Tied Chevrolet behind the wall. Ricky Rudd, what's the problem? Uh, I'm not really sure. Something let go in the motor. It started running hot, and uh, I don't know if it cracked a cylinder head or blew a head gasket or what, but it lost all the water and finally let go. Early afternoon for the Tide Chevrolet. He finished ninth last year in the Daytona 500 by STP on, way to, on his way to finishing second in the Winston Cup points chase. So losing these points this early in the season will hurt Ricky Rudd. Ricky Rudd out of it in the early going. The attrition rate has been a whole lot lower than everyone expected at 83 laps already complete, almost to the halfway point, and having lost only truly uh, three cars, Bob Shack, Brett Bodine, and Ricky Rudd, as we said just a moment ago. Here come the lead cars down pit road, or at least Davey Allison is coming down pit road. He'll be followed by the uh, Budweiser car of Bill Elliott. Ernie Irvin comes down pit road. All of the cars on the lead lap are eligible to pit here the first time you come around. Those who are one lap down or more must stay on the racetrack until the next time by. Let's cover the stops first. Jim Phillips. Well, Bill Elliott brings the Budweiser forward in. Tim Brewer and Mike Hill go to the right side. They have those tires changed working around the left. Sterling Marlin is in. They're going to change all four on his machine. Mark Martin swings into the pits along with Dale Jarrett for tires and gasoline. Michael Walter has the Pennzoil Pontiac in. The pit board is out for... Richard Petty, and uh, he's running now in 20th place, so Richard should be on pit road any moment. Dick Brooks. Well, Ernie Irvin was the first one in down here. They put uh, four tires and fuel. Darrell Waldrop was the next one in. Same thing, four tires and fuel. Then uh, the uh, uh, 21 car of uh, Dale Jarrett, the same thing, four tires and fuel. Dale Earnhardt is sitting here right now. They're uh, playing with a spoiler some, uh, out uh, checking it for height and uh, seeing what they can do with it. They bumped it down a little bit, and... Uh, <laughs> I think they brought their gauge out to take a look at it. Now they're arguing about it a little bit. So, But he's back on the racetrack and gone. A lot of adjustments being made. That first round of pit stops we saw earlier here this afternoon on the chassis and the spoilers on these cars and some more being made this round of pit stops. We are under caution for the first time this afternoon. Again, just some very light rain showers occurring over to the west end of the racetrack in turns one and two. We'll pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Here at Daytona International Speedway, working caution on lap number 86. A little light rain shower in the west end of the speedway has slowed the race pace to 179.704 miles an hour. Let's take a quick look up and down pit road. How many different people from different sports are here today? Of course, we know Joe Gibbs, the owner of the interstate uh, car that Dale Jarrett drives. Quarterback Mark Rippon is here from the Redskins. Saw Phil Mayer a little while ago, the uh, slalom skiing ace uh, ran into a couple of National League baseball umpires a bit earlier. Harry Wendelstadt, who worked the World Series last year, and Jerry Lane, another National League umpire here. Everybody kind of crosses over. A very healthy respect for where Winston Cup racing is today, and these guys love it regardless of what their own particular sport is. It's interesting to see who you'll run into on pit road at a given time. 
field has just been given the indication one more lap and this race will go back under green flag conditions. So quickly, why don't we take a minute to talk with the chairman and chief executive officer of the R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company, Mr. Jim Johnston. Jim, it's always a pleasure to see you here at Daytona. Well, thank you, Barney. It's great to be back. As you know, we're kicking off our 22nd year of NASCAR Winston Cup racing. It looks like another very exciting year. Jim, I bet you have mixed emotions about Richard Petty being his last year because you've got to know him pretty well. Yeah, we sure do. He's been one of the best things that's ever happened to the sport. He's a, a great guy, and you saw probably at the driver's meeting this morning the standing ovation he got, and uh, he's going out like a king. Right now on the uh, racetrack, they have turned the light back on atop the safety car. Elmo Langley, who is another set of eyes for NASCAR, one of the officials who drives the pace car, says we're not quite ready to go yet, so uh, the lights have come back atop the safety car. You know, the, the phenomenal growth of Winston Cup racing is just remarkable. We were talking earlier, even the entire infield road course is covered. You probably couldn't shoehorn another fan in here today. No, and they've got, they've got spillover outside, too. We saw quite a bit of that. It's wonderful to see this sport continue to grow. It really is. The crowds just get bigger and bigger. You guys are doing a lot of stuff for uh, the Winston Cup champions over the years. I know up at the Winston Cup preview, uh, there's a card set that is on the market right now. The fans seem to be responding very well to that, don't they? Oh, they respond tremendously well. After the race yesterday, we went out and visited some stores and saw some of the promotions we're doing. We've gotten a tremendous response to them. I was going to suggest just a moment ago when I saw a, a kind of a sour look on Wayne Robertson's face back there that maybe you can have Richard take his job. He's getting a little bit lazy on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, Wayne keeps working real hard for us. Does a terrific job. Yeah, he really does. Jim, thanks for taking a moment to stop by with us here this afternoon. Let's hope this rain moves away and we can get back to green in just a minute. Thanks a lot. Good to see you. We do have the indication again now of one lap to go, so they'll uh, – Give us uh, an opportunity here to quickly run down the upcoming races for you before the field is back to full song. Next week, the Winston Cup Series is idle, but MRN will be on the air with you from the Hickory Motor Speedway in North Carolina. The Mountain Dew 500 for the Bush Grand National Series. MRN's airtime next Sunday is 1.45 Eastern time. The next Winston Cup race is the Goodwrench 500 at Rockingham on March the 1st. March 8th, the Pontiac 400 at Richmond, Virginia. And there are still tickets remaining for the event at Richmond, as is the case at Rockingham. So you might want to make your ticket plans right now if you can. March 15th, the Motocraft 500 in Atlanta. March 29th will be in Darlington for the Trans-South 500. Then Bristol, Tennessee, hosting the Food City 500 on April the 5th. April 12th, the First Union 400 at North Wilkesboro. will be at Clay Earls Martinsville Speedway for the Haynes 500 April the 26th. In May, it's the Talladega Super Speedway for the Winston 500. That's May 3rd. Then the running of the Winston NASCAR's all-star race at the Charlotte Motor Speedway the night of May the 16th. May 24th, the Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte. MRN back on the air in Dover, Delaware for the Budweiser 500 May the 31st. And in June, Sears Point in Sonoma, Pocono International Raceway, and Michigan International Speedway. It's a busy, busy year on the Winston Cup schedule. 88 laps are on the board. They're about to put them back under green at lap number 89. They are now posting Bill Elliott as the leader, Sterling Marlin up in the number two spot. Ernie Irvin is third, and Davey Allison is fourth, and here we go. A green flag is in the air on the break. 
door to door, heading off into turn number one. Some of the lap cars down on the inside trying to get back on the lead lap. Alan Kowicki looks like he's racing the leader in the turn one. Alan tries to stay up alongside Elliott, but Elliott gets away from him. Alan duels with Sterling Marlin now, and he'll fall back in line as Marlin clears that car on the outside lane. Ernie Irvin works from third. Fourth is Davey Allison. Fifth now is Morgan Shepard. And the front four are going to try and put a little bit of daylight on fifth place Morgan Shepard, but quickly in the draft on the back straightaway, Shepard closes right back up. 25 cars in a single file lane on the outside trying to overtake the lap traffic. Now Davey Allison goes high on the banking on the outside of Alan Kowicki. He will clear the Kowicki car. Now he goes to work on Ernie Irvin, but Allison stays to the high side of the banking off turn four. Davey still about a car length and a half back behind Ernie Irvin. The front four, though, are single file. Actually, the front five counting Morgan Shepard. Then it is double file with Darrell Waltrip, Michael Waltrip, Alan Kowicki, and Dale Jarrett, who started way back now, having worked his way to the front. They're back in turn one on lap 90. Waltrip brothers clear the Alan Kowicki car. Dale Jarrett now pulls up alongside him. It'll be the front eight cars or nine cars now on the lead lap up front all in single file, making your way onto this back straightaway. A little bit of break between the fifth place car of Morgan Shepard and sixth place Darrell Waltrip now. About two, three car lengths to gap. Everybody in the front five tucked up tightly together now as they head into turn number three. The, the Chevrolet of Ernie Irvin tucked in behind in between the four Fords. Bill Elliott leading the way with Sterling Marlin second. Davey Allison looks to the inside of Ernie Irvin as they come off turn four. Tell you what, we found out in a hurry here at Daytona. If you tuck those cars single file, you can put some daylight on the rest of the field, and that's exactly what the front five are doing. Darrell Waltrip is back in six. His brother Michael is seventh. Eighth right now is Dale Jarrett. Here's a battle for the lead in turn one. Sterling Marlin dives to the inside of the racetrack alongside Bill Elliott, and Marlin flashes by with drafting help from Ernie Irvin. Marlin and Elliott go high in the banking. Here comes Irvin to the inside of the track. Three wide off turn two. The Chevrolet underneath the two Fords. Marlin will lift for just a second. Now contact. Elliott and Irvin are together in the back straightaway. Marlin spins. He clips Darrell Waltrip. Trouble in the middle of the field. Dale Jarrett creams Marlin's car. Ken Schrader piles in. Chad Little barrels in as well. Hutt Strickland hits Jarrett. Dale Earnhardt is into the infield. All torn up. Elliott's car comes to a stop. Mark Martin is heavily damaged. Rusty Wallace has piled into the back of Chad Little's car. At least seven, eight cars, including Richard Petty, crashed into the infield grass. And now we're seeing some flames from one car down on the apron of the racetrack. A multi-car crash coming out of turn number two. And when things happen here, they happen in a hurry. Again, Sterling Marlin involved. Chad Little, apparently Kenny Schrader, also Hut Strickland, Dale Earnhardt, Mark Martin, Rusty Wallace, and Richard Petty. Let's go back to turn three. The car that caught fire, Barney, was Rusty Wallace's car. The flames extinguished themselves. Rusty is out of the car. The cars most seriously damaged are Ken Schrader's, Dale Jarrett's, Chad Little's, Darrell Waltrip's, and Sterling Marlin's. Rescue workers going to those cars now. Farther down into turn number three, Dale Earnhardt is backing his car away, trying to get back to the pit road. Ernie Irvin's car is stopped in the infield grass. Bobby Hillen is now climbing out of his race car in the infield. And again, Rusty Wallace's car had caught fire. The fire extinguished itself. Wallace has gotten out of that car and walked away. Again, the car is still on the back straightaway. Sterling Marlin, Dale Jarrett, Ken Schrader, who has climbed from his car now. Schrader is walking away with somewhat of a limp down the banking, but is walking away under his power. And the uh, Chad Little car, Darrell Waltrip, has managed to fire his car. He's trying to drive back away. Boy, you talk about taking out some top equipment in a crash. That will eliminate a lot of good race cars here this afternoon. Let's hope all the drivers are able to get out of those cars and we have no injuries in this one. Here's Mark Martin's car coming on the pit road. You can see severe damage to the front of his car. The hood is shoved up right against the windshield. Here's Dale 
Earnhardt with a little smoke out of, out of his car. And we don't see any sheet metal damage on the right side of the machine, but there is some smoke trailing from Dale Earnhardt's car. Let's go to his pit. Yeah, he's got pretty serious damage to the left front. Uh, tires are bad. Uh, I mean, it's uh, pushed in right at the door. But I think he's probably in pretty good shape. If it didn't knock the front end out of the line too bad, uh, it hit right in the frame rail, right right behind the uh, left front wheel, and the rest of the car looks pretty good. Barney out on the back straightaway, pleased to report that the last of the drivers have just climbed from their cars here at the accident scene. Sterling Marlin, Ken Schrader, Dale Jarrett, and Chad Little have all climbed from their cars and are all walking around surveying the damage. Boy, that one happened right in the middle of the, the front of the pack, really, literally, so to speak. And with all those cars directly behind, there was absolutely no way, nowhere for anyone to go. And that is the reason, because when it happens like that and the field's right behind you, you're going to get seven or eight cars. Let's go back to the pits. Walter just came in, and uh, he's got about the same problem as Dale's got, except he's got it in the left rear. The uh, rest of the car looks pretty good. They're going to go to work on the left rear, get the sheet metal pulled away from it, and uh, it hit right in the wheel, though, so there's a good possibility they've got some damage under the car there. Jim Mark Phillips. Martin has a mangled race car. Mark, what happened? I don't know. Uh, somebody up front crashed. I couldn't see. Smoke. I, I don't know. So Mark is surveying, uh, surveying the damage on his car. The front hood, uh, the grill is on the ground in the front. It's going to be a long time before they get this car back in the race this afternoon. I'll tell you, Davey Allison might have made the best move there, Alan Bestwick, as everybody began spinning. He very quickly went to the outside retaining wall, just as Ernie Irvin and Bill Elliott and Sterling Marlin had made contact. Also, Wally Dallenbach somehow getting through all of that mess. It's amazing how they're able to pick their spots. Kind of replaying the, what I saw in the accident in my mind, Eli. Ernie Irvin had gone down underneath both Sterling Marlin and Bill Elliott to race off of turn number two, three wide. Now, they made it off the corner, and they were on the straightaway fine. What I think happened is I think Irvin's car and Elliott's car, maybe the two fenders, somehow hooked together because Elliott's car kind of snapped to the left and Irvin was trying to get away from him or they were trying to get away from each other and they couldn't do it. And as they were trying to separate each other, that's when people began spinning and crashing together. And, yeah, those three cars first came down to the inside of the track. Allison and a couple others snuck by on the outside. Then Sterling Marlin's car snapped around to the right and went back to the outside wall. That's when it piled into the rest of the traffic. Ken Schrader and Dale Jarrett got tangled up in that against the outside wall and the other cars who crashed and spun to the inside. But it almost appeared to me like somehow Elliott and Irvin got caught together. Their cars somehow got tangled up. Well, we see uh, Darrell Waltrip's car going behind the wall. The Budweiser crew having a tough time pushing Bill Elliott's car. They'll go behind the wall there as well. We'll update it all for you when we come back under caution on lap 93. To see who starts at the front in a stock car race, you don't race against other drivers. You race against the clock at TransSouth. We beat the clock every day because when you call us for a loan in the morning, we can usually give you an answer the same day. So for the right loan right now, see TransSouth. Enter TransSouth's Winner's Circle Sweepstakes for a chance to win a Sony Watchman TV and a Ford Thunderbird. For complete details, call, visit, or write any participating TransSouth office. Food Lion and Libby's are proud to bring you the Daytona 500. Next time you're in your neighborhood Food Lion store, look for the Libby's label. 
You'll find it on a complete variety of top-quality canned fruits, juices, vegetables, and meats. The Libby's label means quality, and that's what you'll always find at Food Lion. Quality plus everyday extra low prices. Food Lion and Libby's teaming up to bring you the best in automobile racing. NASCAR Today with Alan Bestwick keeps you up to date with NASCAR news every day, Monday through Friday on MRN Radio. We are working the second caution flag of the day here at Daytona, and it has been a dandy over in turn number three involving perhaps as many as 10 or 11 cars. Let's check in with Jim Phillips right now. With Bill Elliott surveying the damage on his Budweiser Ford, Bill, what happened? I don't really know. Next thing I knew, I was turned left, you know, and that's all there was to it. You know, everybody was racing so close and so hard halfway in the race, and, you know, I was just kind of on the outside, kind of biding my time, and I don't know what else you do. The, the left to front fender, half of it is gone from Bill Elliott's car. There is a big dent in the left rear quarter panel of Bill Elliott's car where someone contacted him and sent him spinning to the infield here at Daytona. Dick Brooks. Well, Darrell Walter's sitting there in his car. He's just sitting, uh, waiting while they're doing some work, I guess. Darrell, what did you see? Well, when they come off the corner back there, uh, Bill got on the outside of Sterling, and I guess Sterling didn't know he was there, and he come across, and uh, him and Bill got hooked together. And then all of a sudden, when they came apart, they came apart and went one, one went one way and one went the other. And I guess uh, somebody clipped me across the side here as I was going by, and I took another good ride down the back. But thank God uh, I'm okay, and, and uh, the car ain't hurt that bad. We ain't going to have a chance to win, but we can get back out in this old Western Auto Chevrolet and uh, maybe have a chance to finish good anyway. Well, they're going to get back out all right. The rear end was knocked over under the car. They're going to change the uh, rear Pernard bar, uh, which will pull it back up under the car and uh, relocate the springs again, but they'll be ready to go in a, probably another uh, 10, 12, 15 minutes. Several cars will be able to continue. Some have sustained some damage that obviously will affect the handling characteristics. Again, quickly, here are some of the cars involved in the wreck. Alan Kowicki, Sterling Marlin, Chad Little, Kenny Schrader, Mark Martin, Richard Petty, Darrell Waltrip, Hutt Strickland, Ernie Irvin, and Bill Elliott, and there were a couple more. Jim Phillips? Well, the Richard Petty crew is up on top of the wall getting ready to pit him. His car is running around the speedway at a pretty good clip right now. We'll check with Robbie Loomis. Robbie, what kind of damage do you have? It's not that bad. It's mainly body stuff. We'll just have to see how bad it's going to hurt us, you know, in the draft. But uh, we're just trying to get through this day in one piece. You know, they, them guys with these restrictor motors that run so close, that's going to happen to us. Robbie Loomis, the crew chief for Richard Petty. Mostly cosmetic damage on the STP Pontiac. Jim, Not the first driver that came out of the infield care center running over toward his car is Rusty Wallace. Rusty, how did things unfold back there? Uh, just they, those three up in front got at it and started beating and banging around and spun and crashed the whole field. And, uh, and there's smoke everywhere, not much place to go. Uh, we're just going to try to get our car back in. It's, uh, it doesn't look bad. I mean, obviously the sheet metal store all the heck, but the chassis is not hurt. So, man, this thing was flying today. If I just log and laps, I just waiting for somebody to screw up, and lo and behold, they did it. Still able to manage a smile, Rusty Wallace is, after having a good running race car, and we'll let him go back and try to get this Miller Pontiac back in the race. From the Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. Today's Daytona 500 by STP on MRN Radio is sponsored by the Bunker Hill line of canned meats, flat out better than the rest, by Ford and your local Ford truck dealers who invite you to see the exciting lineup of tough Ford trucks. By Pennzoil, the motor oil that outperforms any leading motor oil against viscosity breakdown. By Purilator Filters and by Gumout, 
quality automotive products providing solutions to engine problems. Well, it was only the second caution flag of the day, but it was a big one. A multiple car accident midway down the back straightaway has us under caution at lap number 96. Welcome back, everyone, to Daytona and the Daytona 500 by STP with Barney Hall. I'm Eli Gold. Only seven cars remain on the lead lap. The leader at the moment is Morgan Shepard, Michael Waltrip second, Davey Allison third, Bobby Hamilton fourth. Fifth now is the Dick Trickle car. Running sixth is Jeff Bodine, seventh, Derek Cope. And in the garage area, Sterling Marlin, who was caught up in that mess on the back straightaway. Winston Kelly? Sterling, you are right in the middle of that. What happened? Well, we just run out of real estate down there. Uh, you know, it was, was three deep, and uh, you know, we come off two there, and I seen what was going to happen. You know, Bill was coming down, Ernest coming up. I said, this ain't going to work. So I was backing up, and I was standing on the brake, and it was just enough to hang Ernie and turn him in the bill, and uh, it was Katie Bartholomew on. Pole setter Sterling Marlin out of the Daytona 500 by STP. And Darrell Waltrip said the other day that when you get in a pack of traffic like that, three wide, four wide, and then there's three or four cars, two and three wide behind you, it will disturb the air sometimes. And you really can't place a blame in this one because we watched it from here in the tower, and we watched uh, our monitor here in the booth also a little bit to kind of see what happened over there. And if you had to place a blame on that one, I don't think there is one. It's just, as they say, a racing incident almost. You know what it does kind of remind you of, though, is when uh, corporate teammates took each other out at Martinsville. Remember when Ricky Rudd and Kenny Schrader we're in that tussle at Martinsville a bit ago, and they uh, took each other out of the event. And here, Bill Elliott and Sterling Marlin both driving into the Junior Johnson stables. And again, both of those men involved in the incident. Those of you at home who are waiting on the Gillette Halfway Challenge, we are, of course, coming up close to halfway. If we are under caution at lap number 100, we are now on 97. If we are under caution at lap number 100, then we will revert to the fifth green flag lap upon the resumption of the race as our halfway point for the benefit of the award that we'll be giving away. Or if we go back to green here in a moment or so, then we'll use lap 100. We'll let you know as it transpires. But closing in, if you've not yet called in to register for your chance to win a new Chevy Lumina or an instant bonus prize, now is your chance to enter the Gillette Halfway Challenge. The phone number is 1-900-226-6600. And you must call before the halfway lap. Each call costs 95 cents. You must be at least 18 years of age to enter. No purchase necessary void in Louisiana and Minnesota and where prohibited. Complete rules and mail and entry forms are available where Gillette products like Right Guard Antiperspirant deodorant and sensor razors are sold. We are still under caution at lap 97. Today's broadcast of the Daytona 500 by STP is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the Daytona International Speedway to MRN Radio solely for the private, non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this race without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and MRN Radio is prohibited. The indication of one to go has just been given to the field. As on pit road come the Morgan Shepard car, Terry Labonte is in for service, Richard Petty, Dick Trickle, Jeff Bodine is back in, so too Buddy Baker and Greg Sachs. So we will go to green on lap 99. Those of you who are entering the right guard halfway challenge contest, it will be lap number 100, the exact halfway point. That will be the man you want to tell us about as far as leading it halfway when we happen to call you a bit later on. A quick update from the pit and garage area. There are five cars, Eli, that are in the garage area. The Sterling Marlin car is used up, as is Kenny Schrader's car. 
Chad Little and Dale Jarrett's car used up. Still working on the Rusty Wallace car. All those drivers have walked out of the infield care center with the exception of Kenny Schrader. He did walk in under his own power, but they're still checking him out. And a couple of cars are behind the pit wall being attended to. Hopefully to get them back in, that would be Mark Martin and Darrell Waltrip. And that's the situation as we get ready to go back to green. Field forming up now against, there are only at this point, seven cars on the lead lap. Again, as they were running moments ago, Morgan Shepard, Davey Allison, Bobby Hamilton, Dick Trickle, Michael Waltrip, Derek Cope, and the Jeff Bodine car. One lap down in eighth, Terry Labonte. Ninth, they are posting the uh, number nine car, and that would be Phil Parsons. Tenth is Kyle Petty. Eleventh is Alan Kulwicki. Twelfth, Rick Mast. 13th, Buddy Baker. 14th, Greg Sachs. 15th, Harry Gant. 16th at this point as we get set to go green. Ted Musgrave. 17th, Richard Petty. 18th, Dale Earnhardt. 19th is Stanley Smith. He is the first car two laps down. Pontiac Pace Car is on pit road as we get ready to go back to green. Green flag is in the air. Davey Allison is the leader. Locked in right behind him is Bobby Hamilton. He's had some good runs at some of these super speedways as they come up through that gearbox and take it off down into turn number one. Allison gets away, gets clean air, gets out front all by himself as he hits the corner. Now Bobby Hamilton also gets by the lap car of Wally Dallenbach. Michael Waltrip follows in the outside lane. Derek Cope next in line. He's fourth. Fifth is Dick Trickle. They make their way off turn number two. Those lead lap cars single file in the outside lane. Running behind fifth place Dick Trickle. The Allen Kulwicki car not on the lead lap as everyone begins to sort it out. Down the back straightaway. Allison trying to pick up the $10,000 bonus for halfway. Comes to the end of the back straightaway. Leading Bobby Hamilton by about a half a car length. Davey Allison will take his machine down to the inside of the racetrack. Now the bid will be for second. Bobby Hamilton's car is down there, but Michael Waltrip will take a good look to the inside, but the Pontiac not able to do it in the turn. Here they come through turn number four, back to the stripe, moving towards the halfway point of the Daytona 500 by STP. It is Davey Allison who wins the Gillette Halfway Challenge, takes home the $10,000 Gillette Halfway Challenge bonus. Now, if you entered the Gillette Halfway Challenge contest, stay by your phone because if you're called back a bit later on and can name Davey Allison as the leader at halfway, you'll be today's lucky winner of a Chevrolet awarded by the Gillette Company, makers of Right Guard and a purse burned and deodorant for maximum protection against wetness and odor and sensors shaving system, the revolutionary razor that adjusts to the contours of your face. So good luck, Davey Allison, halfway leader. Three of the cars that were damaged in that accident a moment ago are back in the field and running fairly well. Alan Kowicki is still in there, Richard Petty, and Hut Strickland. Here comes the pack of traffic off turn number four. Coming back to the line, Davey Allison pulls him down. Bobby Hamilton, a couple of car lengths back, then rides Michael Walker as they ease it back off into turn number one. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Davey Allison takes him out of turn number two as that draft works its way up to three. And Davey is beginning to keep an eye on his rearview mirror despite having his car banged up in that accident. Dale Earnhardt is on the charge past two cars last time by down the back straightaway. Also a bid for the fifth position as Derek Cope Chevrolet goes way high on the banking. Morgan Shepard will shuffle to the inside. Now he looks at the fourth place Dick Trickle car. Here comes Davey Allison back to the stripe. He continues to lead. This will be the 33rd lap that he has led today, tying him with Sterling Marlin for the most laps led in the Daytona 500 by STP. Only two caution flags on the day. Average speed, 154.453 miles an hour. But Bobby Hamilton right there in second spot. And, Barney, as you said earlier, Bobby Hamilton ran very well on the big tracks last year. We talked about it. It looked good last year. It don't look too good this year because of the fourth, but... I believe once the season gets progressing, Gary does what he's going to do. Everybody will get close again. We're hurting right now. I think the engine's still there. 
Oldsmobile is a real tight race car, and when they put the spoiler up higher and raise the car up, it really hurts the Oldsmobiles. But remember how well the Oldsmobiles ran on the big tracks a year ago. Harry Gant winning at Talladega. Rick Mast, although he got a lap down, you remember, at Talladega, was still one of the quicker cars there, as was Bobby Hamilton. And he has been hurting all day today, all the way up to second spot right now. Yeah, so far the draft hasn't been able to shake him loose. He's running real, real strong at lap 103. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Here at Daytona International Speedway, 106 of 200 laps on the board. Davey Allison, not bad for a backup car. He continues to lead the Daytona 500 by STP. Morgan Shepard, given the Wood Brothers ride, a great showing here today. They were awfully strong Thursday, Barney, as we remember from the uh, Gatorade Twin 125s. And Morgan, when he has that kind of car underneath him, not that he didn't in years gone by, but this car's really been humming all week, and he can go to the front with it. Yeah, they've been real happy the Wood Brothers have with uh, Morgan Shepard. They've done a lot of work over the winter and came here and tested along with everybody else, and I think they found out a lot of things on their car. And Eddie Wood, who is uh, one of the members of that team, told me the other day, if we can have any kind of luck in this race, we can win it. You realize that aside from the uh, series of pit stops, Morgan has been out of the top five only once back at lap 45. He dropped down to eighth position for a moment and then quickly got back into the top five. A quick rundown here at the halfway point. Davey Allison, Michael Waltrip, Bobby Hamilton, Morgan Shepard, Derek Cope, Dick Trickle, Jeff Bodine, those seven cars on the lead lap. One lap down in eighth, Alan Kowicki, Ted Musgrave, ninth, Dale Earnhardt, tenth, Rick Mast, eleventh, twelfth is Harry Gant, thirteenth is Bill Elliott, or excuse me, thirteenth is Phil Parsons, fourteenth is Kyle Petty, fifteenth belongs to the Terry Labonte car, Greg Sachs running at sixteenth, Buddy Baker, seventeenth, eighteenth, Richard Petty, two laps down in nineteenth, Wally Dollenbach, twentieth is Stanley Smith, twenty-first, Rick Wilson, twenty-second, the Phil Barkdahl car, Three laps down and 23rd, Dorsey Schrader. 24th is Dave Marcus. 25th, Ernie Irvin's car. Four laps down and 26th is A.J. Foyt. Six laps down and 27th, Hutt Strickland. Also six laps down and 28th is Delma Cowart. Nine or more laps down include the 29th place car. That was uh, Bill Elliott. And then, of course, the other cars who were involved in that accident earlier, they were all running 30th position or further back. There are 30 cars on the racetrack. Let's go to the pits. Eli, we just talked to Ann Schrader, who's the wife of Ken Schrader. She got his clothes and is carrying him back into the infield care center. She said that his left ankle was sore, as is his sternum, and they're going to take x-rays of both. But she reports that uh, Kenny is okay. We talked a moment ago about Davey Allison being in a backup car. Jim Phillips is in his pit. With Larry McReynolds, the crew chief. Well, you dodged the big bullet. You got the halfway money, $10,000 in the bank. Looking pretty good right now with a backup car. Well, you... It's been a tough week, Jim. I tell you, we've worked these guys to death, but, you know, we're just going to keep hanging in there. still a long ways to go. There's still some tough competitors out there. Just see how this last 90 laps go. we got to make one more stop, and it would hurt our feelings to see it go green the rest of the way. What's been the characteristics of your car today? Has it been loose, tight, or about neutral? It's been the same. It's been all week long since we unloaded it. It's been too tight, pushing from the center out. We ain't stopped adjusting on it. We was in here at 5.30 this morning making more adjustments on it. And you just have to see how it goes. Right now, it seems as though the temperature is going up a little bit, which would help uh, Davey Allison loosen the car up just a little bit of the turns. Davey Allison and Morgan Shepard in that tight two-car draft ride first and second. 110 laps are complete in the Daytona 500 by STP. From the Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. 
Welcome back, everyone. 100 laps on board, rather 111 now on the board of the Daytona 500 by STP. Davey Allison is the race leader, but he cannot shake Morgan Shepard. That Sitco Ford right on the rear deck of Davey's Haviland Foyd. The third car in that draft is one lap down. Alan Kowicki driving the Hooters Ford has joined those other two cars, but again, Alan is running, run, uh, running one lap down. Back on the racetrack, Darrell Waltrip. He is now 18 laps down in 33rd spot, but nevertheless, that brings a smile to the face of John Leach. He is the president of Western Auto Supply Company, the official service parts store of NASCAR. And I know it's good to see your car back out there, albeit a number of laps down. That crew never quits on you. No, that's for sure, uh, Eli. And it's, uh, it's good to see him back on the track at... Uh, we, uh, but we, we were enjoying this race a lot more about 15 minutes ago. I bet you were. This has been quite an association. Western Auto stepping in. You've got uh, Daryl Waltrip. You sponsor uh, a number of other uh, features, the NASCAR Country Radio Show and so on. You folks jumped into the sport in a big way. Well, uh, we sure did. Uh, we think that Daryl's an outstanding uh, representative of our uh, company and the, the team itself. And uh, we're just uh, really pleased to be associated with him. Have you seen the kind of growth that you had hoped to see getting yourselves involved in the sport? Just as a matter of fact, I think the fans have been real good to Western Auto Supply Company. Uh, they've been uh, our uh, our business in the uh, NASCAR-related markets have been doing has been very good, and we're we're real pleased to see the uh, fans come to our stores. Of course, Western Auto has been good to the fans too, so it goes both ways. John, great to see you, and stop by anytime you're in town. Eli, thanks a lot. Thank you, John Leach. He is the president of Western Auto Supply Company. 114 laps on the board as the two front cars head back off into turn number one. A good battle shaping up from about fourth position on back as it heads over to Joe Moore. It's been an ongoing battle, Barney, for the last five or ten laps between the Jeff Bodine car and Dick Trickle. They were side by side for some three laps. Bodine has now cleared that car and taken over the spot. As a matter of fact, they're mixing it up now with some lap traffic on the back straightaway. Dale Earnhardt is in the middle of that group, as is Terry Labonte. Labonte now is down to the inside of Bodine. Bodine is tucked right behind the Dale Earnhardt car. Earnhardt separates Bodine from second place, from third place rather, Bobby Hamilton. Dick Trickle trying to get around the Terry Labonte car. Now he'll choose to slip up the banking and drop in behind Bodine. Those two cars will mix it up for fourth. Nose to tail off the corner. Here they come back through the trioval area. Dale Earnhardt also very much in that mix now. He is running a lap down, remember, but he is right there behind Bobby Hamilton ahead of Jeff Bodine and Dick Trickle and Kyle Petty as they all sort themselves out going up into turn number one. 115 laps on the board. Right now, the uh, cars that are running, including Bill Elliott, who comes back in 32nd position. Bill is now being shown 20 laps down with the lead battle on the back straightaway. It's still bumper to bumper. Davey Allison and Morgan Shepard followed by the lap car of Alan Kulwicki. Then a good, say, 30 or 40 car lengths back to the second group of cars. Bobby Hamilton there about to be challenged by Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt will look to the inside of the racetrack and Hamilton's car unable to stay down low. Now he'll pick up some drafting help from behind. Jeff Bodine will drop in line with Dick Trickle. And while all that racing's going on back there door to door, it is allowing Davey Allison and Morgan Shepard to open up even more daylight, about three and seven-tenths of a second now, back to the third-place car. They swing back into turn number one. Davey and Morgan stay in nose to tail, going back into turn number one. They'll have to go wide to get around the Kerry Teague car. Alan Kowicki, although a lap down, still staying with the front two machines as, again, they exit turn two. And meanwhile, back in that second group of cars, Bobby Hamilton, who was running third just a couple of laps ago, having all kind of problems getting through the corners. He's just been bypassed by another five or six cars where he was running in front of Jeff Bodine and Dale Earnhardt a lap ago. There are now almost ten cars separating them. Bobby Hamilton trying to 
desperately to get back in line and pick up some drafting help. And meanwhile, the battle between Bodine and Dick Trickle settles down for a moment. But now Trickle draws up behind him as they come off turn four back to the start finish. All the while, Davey Allison and Morgan Shepard still pouring some more coals on the fire. They have pulled away now to a lead of 4.68 seconds on third place, Jeff Bodine. They have picked up about a half second on that last lap alone. That tells you the kind of pace they are setting. The average speed at this juncture, 157.043. If you're just joining us, we've had only two caution flags today. The first on lap 83 came out because of a very brief rain shower that hit the turn one and two area of the racetrack. Then the second one was the multiple car incident that brought out caution flag number two and sent many of the top runners to the garage area. They're showing 117 laps complete in the Daytona 500 by STP. 120 will make up the race. Davey Allison and Morgan Shepard pulling away from the field right now. We'll be back in a minute. Davey Allison continues to lead here at the Daytona 500 by STP. Second spot is Morgan Shepard running in third now, some six and a half seconds back, but nevertheless showing a great run for the Raymock boys is Dick Trickle out of Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin. Here comes Mark Martin back onto the racetrack. He is 20 laps down in his Valvoline Ford after repairs following that accident. That will put him in 33rd spot. And Dick Brooks, a little puff of smoke has become a big puff of smoke out of the Purolator Chevrolet of Derek Cope. Well, actually, there's no smoke at all now. It all went away in one big puff. You're right. Uh, Derek Cope's is calling out of his car. I'm going to try to get a try to get a word with him here right quick if I can. Derek, Derek, you had a pretty good run going. It was about seventh, I think, when you went away. What happened? Well, it's unfortunate. We had a problem with the motor, but uh, we had the Purolator filters, bullseye barbecue sauce running pretty well, but. We just had to keep ourselves between cars. Our body just wasn't quite good enough today, but we'll be back. I bet they will be back. He uh, was doing a good job. That was a little bit difficult talking through these helmets. These guys are just about gone away anymore. When they got their helmets on, you can't even see them. Meanwhile, down the back straightaway, Davey Allison has his hands full. Morgan Shepard's on the roll. He's got drafting help from Alan Kulwicki there side-by-side for the lead of the 500 into turn three. Two Fords will stay side-by-side. The black Ford of Davey Allison now shows his strength on the high side of the racetrack as Morgan Shepard drifts up the banking. Allison will maintain the lead. And Alan Kulwicki has a vested interest in those top two. He'd like to get up there and get himself back on the lead lap, but right now all he can do is just ride in the slipstream of the front two cars. Allison will move away by three cars links now over Morgan Shepard as they work back into turn number one. That pack of traffic back there with third, fourth, and fifth place not really making up all that much distance on the top two as they swing back to turn two. That second pack of traffic, of course, doing a little bit of side-by-side racing of their own, negotiating some of the slower traffic now as they go back up into the corner. Jeff Bodine working along there with a couple of lap cars underneath him. Ted Musgrave, one of those down on the inside of the racetrack. Meanwhile, Dick Trickle has picked up about ten car lengths on Bodine. And they'll all sort it out single file on the back straightaway as Bodine fades one spot farther back. Bobby Hamilton has moved back around the Motorcraft Ford now set Bodine back another position. Bobby Hamilton's day glow car begins to open it up, but Bodine will take his red Ford down to the inside of the racetrack. Now he powers it back through the apex of the corner and begins to hound Hamilton off turn four. As for the lead, that little uh, wake-up call that Morgan Shepard just gave Davey Allison has now spurred Allison to start pulling away just a bit. Davey's about three and a half, four car lanes up now on second place. Morgan Shepard with his drafting partner, Alan Kulwicki. You know, of the 21 cars that are on a lead lap or one lap or two laps down, only Jeff Bodine has ever won the Daytona 500 uh, unless Jeffrey pulls it out here today, which is certainly a possibility. We should, uh, or say, shall we say, could have a new Daytona 500 champion, a first-timer. 
been a strange race. In fact, all week long, all the qualifying races and everything else have kind of taken a strange twist. Different things happen to them. And in the, the 500, the first 80-some laps or so there, the field got real strung out. And then, of course, they made a couple of pit stops and tightened it up a little bit. And then they had the accident over there. Uh, but for the most part, some of the cars that we really thought would be very, very dominant uh, just failed to come to the front. But as you said, some of those are in the garage. A lot of them are still on the racetrack, but they've got their work cut out for them. For some of the best cars in the field that started today are at least a lap down. Earnhardt is certainly one of those. Kyle Petty, who's shown a lot of strength. And Harry Gant looked pretty good for a while. They are at least a lap down right now and going to have to work some to get back up there and maybe pull out a win. We talked a little bit in the beginning of our broadcast about this being the last Daytona 500 for Richard Petty, who's been such a part of the history of this racetrack over the years with his seven wins. He's done a little bit of everything at this Speedway over the years. You had a chance to talk with him. I guess everybody and his brother has talked with yeah. Richard Petty in the last 10 days here at Daytona. And the one question everyone asked, including myself, uh, this being the last 500, you've got to have some kind of special feelings. But Richard says, nope, it's just another day. Yeah, it's just another 500 race. Uh, you know, we always get uptight for the 500. All the rest of the races are just races. 500 is just a little, something a little special. So, uh, you know, whether you're first time here or your last time here, you still get uh, you get jacked up about it. I do. And, uh, you know, as far as being the last 500, uh, hopefully all the rest of the races will be, I'll feel the same as this year. Right now I ain't felt nothing. And I hope that the rest of the races will be the same way. Now, when I come back down here in February next year, and I see that 43 running around out there with me sitting in the pit. That, I think, is when it's going to really hit me. And that is exactly right because yeah. uh, it hasn't soaked in yet because Richard's got a whole season left to run here. I think really when it'll start hitting him is when we come back the second time to Daytona and the other tracks and he realizes that, hey, this is the last time I'll be in a race car here. Right now, as he said, he doesn't feel anything. And can you imagine what the pressure will be like on whomever it is that uh, Richard and STP and Pontiac collectively decide should become the new driver of that car? You talk about a little pressure and responsibility, that'll be a classic example as well. When we come back, we'll talk about another interesting point about Richard Petty that could happen also. We'll be back in a minute. Here at Daytona International Speedway, in the garage area, Bobby Hamilton with helmet already on again is beginning to walk back up the pit road. His country time car is out of the event, but we understand from down on pit road there might be a call for Hamilton. Let's get the update. Well, Darrell Waldrop is driving uh, back on the racetrack, but his headers are off. Or the tailpipes are off anyway. And uh, evidently there's some smoke in the car, and he's uh, going to have to get out. So I think Bobby Hamilton's going to get in it. They haven't said for sure that's going to happen, but it looks like it is. So an opportunity there for Bobby Hamilton to climb back in another race car. Of course, Bobby is from Nashville, Tennessee. Daryl from Franklin, which is a Nashville suburb, and they go back together at uh, the Nashville Motor Speedway and so on for many, many years. 131 laps are on the board. The lead still held by Davey Allison over Morgan Shepard. Alan Bestwick, you had an interesting observation earlier about what happens every time Morgan Shepard tries to make a clean pass inside of Davey Allison. If you remember in the Twin 125 qualifier, the other day, the race that Davey and Morgan along with Bill Elliott were in, Bill Elliott was leading Morgan and Davey and they were teaming up and trying to pass the car in front of them. And every time that Morgan Shepard would try and draft down to the bottom of turn three underneath Davey Allison, Morgan's car would get real loose. He'd have to come off the throttle and wrestle the car real hard. Well, a couple of laps ago, when he tried to draft with Alan Kowicki underneath Davey Allison in turn three, the same thing happened. Morgan's car got real loose. He had to fight the wheel, come out of the throttle. That's when Davey jumped back out in front of him by a good distance. Don't think Davey is all that concerned about losing the lead or Morgan all that concerned about taking the lead, but he certainly needs to know 
if that car will do the job should they come down to the final laps and he needs to put a run on him going into turn three or going into turn one. They will have to do a little adjusting on that car before the day is over if those two stay at the front of the pack. Right now, they've got almost a straightaway lead on the third and fourth place cars as they're not making up any ground on the front two. No, we've got the uh, clock going now. Dick Trickle running in the third spot. Here he comes, 11 and 2 tenths seconds down. Trickle began the day in 28th, has steadily climbed his way up. He was as high as fifth on lap 110, now third on lap 133. So Trickle running awfully well. Mark Martin, we told you, back on the track again. He's gone behind the wall. He's back on the track one more time, running still in 33rd spot. He is posted 98 laps, so he's 34 laps down. Quickly to pit road. We're in the Raymock pit of Dick Trickle. Butch Mock, it seems, no matter who's in the cockpit of that car, when you come to Daytona, that car really flies. Well, we always run good here. Uh, you know, we've always got a real good motor in the car, thanks to uh, Bob and Dick Rahealy, and uh, the car usually works real well here, and Dick's doing a good job today. Uh, we're hoping for a good finish so we can stay out of trouble. Well, you need a little something extra on the quarter panel. Yeah, that would help. Uh, you know, I don't like carrying that car myself, but we'll do what we got to do to race. That's Butch Buck, co-owner of that uh, number 75 driven by Dick Trickle today, hoping for a good finish, and Butch says we did his sponsor desperately. And if they can come up with a good finish, boy, they're getting some visibility here today in the Daytona 500 by STP, but it is amazing that every year we come here, at least for the last five years or so, there always seems to be a car or cars, one or two drivers, that really just, uh, that you don't expect to run in the top three or four, or even have a shot to win a lot of times. And, and that particular car, the Raymock uh, team, has always been up there in the last three years. Well, Joe Rutman gave it a ride last year and almost yeah. won the thing. Sure did. Five cars on the lead lap. If you're just joining us, Davey Allison, Morgan Shepard, Dick Trickle, then Michael Waltrip and Jeff Bodine. Those are the only five cars on the lead lap. One lap down in sixth, Alan Kowicki, Dale Earnhardt a lap down in seventh. Eighth is Kyle Petty, ninth Terry Labonte. Tenth belongs to Ted Musgrave. What a super run for the Jasper Engines team. Eleventh is Greg Sachs. Twelfth is Harry Gant. Rick Mass, thirteenth. 14th is Buddy Baker, who always runs the big tracks well. Phil Parsons is 15th. Then two laps down, Richard Petty's car in 16th. 17th, Wally Dallenbach. 18th, Stanley Smith. The uh, Phil Barkdahl car with Jim Sauter as the relief driver is now running 19th. Another lap down, three laps back would be Bobby, excuse me, would be Rick Wilson now running in the uh, 20th spot. 21st will be Dorsey Schrader, who's been giving Junie Dunleavy's car a good run here today. 22nd is Ernie Irvin. 23rd, Dave Marcus. 24th, A.J. Foyt. 25th, Delma Cowart. Hutch Strickland running in 26th spot. 27th now is the Mike Potter car. Other cars are already in the garage area, including Bob Schacht, Brett Bodine, Ricky Rudd, Sterling Marlin, Rusty Wallace. They were all in that big accident. Dale Jarrett, Chad Little, Kenny Schrader, and recently Bobby Hill and Derek Cope and Bobby Hamilton all going to the garage. Eli, we're, we're in uh, Daryl Walters' pits here. Bobby Hamilton is standing here. First of all, Bobby, what happened to you? Well, Dick, it looks like we uh, burned a piston in the motor. I you know, the car is real. I was really surprised how well the car come around. We was in terrible shape this week, and the country time guys just kept working on it and got the car comfortable. You know, the wreck helped us some, but we was in real good shape for them to race. Now you're standing here in Daryl's pits. Uh, are you thinking about going in for him? Well, yeah, he's he's not. He's got some exhaust pipes cracked or something from the crash back there. It's getting real hot. He'll stay in there as long as he can. I'm just going to stand by in case he needs it. All right. Well, like we said earlier, they're uh, from the same basically the same area, so uh, one helps the other, I guess. Seven-tenths of a second right now from first to second place between Davey Allison and Morgan Shepard. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. 
149 laps showing on the board. Correct myself, 139 laps showing on the board here at Daytona as Davey Allison and Morgan Shepard continue to pace the Daytona 500 by STP. Ten lead changes among six drivers, two caution flags for 13 laps. We have an average speed of 162.565 miles an hour. Davey Allison has led 70 laps, and he is the lap leader of the day, working towards picking up those additional bonus points that the man who leads the most laps receives. That's a five-bonus-point pad over everybody else during the course of the afternoon. Back on the racetrack, Rusty Wallace. He is 46 laps in arrears in the Miller Genuine Draft Pontiac, running in 34th position after being involved in that accident earlier. He's back on the track trying to pick up those Winston Cup points. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Here at Daytona International Speedway, MRN Radio with live coverage of the Daytona 500 by STP. We are now seeing the beginning of some pit stops. We're closing in on the window for pit stops. Stanley Smith's car had come in for a stop. Then they weren't able to fire it. They have pushed the car past the head end of pit road and is sitting there right off the edge of pit road on the inside grass. Also, Delma Coward on the pit lane for service here on lap number 142. How about Morgan Shepard's week, boys? He had a great run in Thursday's Gatorade Twin 125s and again running here today right in the tire tracks of Davey Allison. Let's get a thought or two from the Wood Brothers pit here. Well, I'm standing in, uh, in the pit here with Leonard Wood. Leonard, this is uh, thinking back over the years and such. This is certainly not a first time that you guys have been uh, leading a race or been close to the race like this. Uh, back with David Pearson days and all those times. But it's been quite a while. Does it bring back memories or it make you nervous? Oh, yes. Uh, it's a real good feeling. You know, it's a whole lot more fun to run up front than it is in the rear. Trouble in turn number four. Two cars tangled here on the main straightaway. Rick Wilson and Kerry Teague are the drivers involved. And we have Caution. Teague was running in 29th. Wilson in 20th position. And Caution is on the speedway on lap 143. You know what it looked like to me? It looked as though since we are at the beginning of that window for Caution, or excuse me, for uh, pit stops, it looked as though they almost got tangled up, both trying to head down pit road, and they didn't quite coordinate their turn. Well, it'll be interesting to see what they have to say as we talk in a bit. Uh, Teague's car is yet to pull away. Rick Wilson's Snickers Ford has come down pit road, and it is continuing around with minimal damage to the automobile. But that's what it looked like to me, Barney. It looked as though they were both... Uh, should we or should we not pit right here and kind of got tangled up coming off the turn? Well, that can happen real easy here at Daytona because you're running at such a high rate of speed and you have all the area in the world to get down on the apron of that racetrack and take it into pit road. And maybe if you make a last-minute decision to do it or your crew chief says, hey, let's pit, uh, that could we'll find out when we get a chance maybe to talk with, with one of the participants there in that collision or maybe with one of their crew members. Both cars are in the pits right now. Kerry Teague has pulled away. There is some sheet metal damage on his car. Quite a bit, it appears to be. Rick Wilson's car didn't look that bad. Let's go to pit road and find out. Rick Wilson's car came down through pit road. They had minimal damage to his car on the Kerry Teague car. It's pushed back in quite a bit. And Eli, you're exactly right. They already had the pit board out for the number eight Snickers Ford Thunderbird, and they were bringing him in on that particular lap. They're still working on the Kerry T car. They've got the hood up. It looks like the damage on it is terminal, but Rick Wilson did go around, and we expect him to come back on pit road and be able to continue. Well, that's going to be a break for one driver. Alan Kowicki did get his lap back. Yeah, Alan Kowicki got his lap back, and uh, he will now rejoin the lead lap with Davey Allison, Morgan Shepard, the uh, 
Dick Tricklecar, Michael Waltrip, Jeff Bodine, and now Alan Colwicky. Dick Brooks, you were in the Wood Brothers pitch, and we had to cut you off there. Well, we'll get back with them a little bit. They uh, certainly concentrating now on their own pitch stop. They, uh, this is going to be a very, very critical stop because they're going to have to get ready to finish the race. Not saying that they can because they can't probably go all the way, but they can go right up to the last two or three laps and splash a little gas in. And uh, Woods Brothers are, uh, you know, they're, they were so much fame about those guys uh, back in the 70s and uh, in the late 60s and even in the early 80s of their, of their pit stop work. And uh, they went to Indianapolis, did a lot of stuff. Don't, don't get a chance to do a lot of that. Uh, well, they've been making a lot of stops, but not with real critical time like they're going to have to do in this particular time, so they're concentrating on that. Darrell Waldorf is back in the pits, and they're trying to get uh, trying to get him kind of comfortable in there so he doesn't have to get out. He'll be driving away in a minute, and uh, there goes uh, Dale. I mean, there goes Morgan Shepard out of the pits right now. Winston Kelly. It was a four-tire stop for the Texaco Haviland Ford Thunderbird. They came in in 21.91 seconds. We didn't see them make any chassis adjustments on the car. Again, a four-tire change with gasoline. They'll have 55 laps to go when the green flag comes back out or from the point that they stop. So we'll get a comment from Larry McReynolds in a moment and see if they can go the distance. 145 laps are on the board. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Pitch stops continuing under caution here at Daytona International Speedway, lap number 147. We are now 53 laps from conclusion of the Daytona 500. Barney, just going back on the fuel figures, uh, Kenny Schrader in his Chevrolet ran 55 laps earlier in the day. Morgan Shepard's first pitch stop came on lap number 49. That's when he opted to make a stop earlier in the day. The next time he stopped was as part of a uh, caution flag sequence. And uh, those numbers difficult to uh, factor in on lap number 98. And then he pits again here on lap number 145. So uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be darn close. That's for sure. Well, it's a it's an interesting thought. And uh, as the Wood brother said a moment ago and told Dick Brooks, they may take a gamble on it. They may not. You can't ever really tell. And sometimes these things are said on pit road, knowing that a lot of teams have scanners and whatever and uh, saying, you know, we can make it. And then they start thinking, well, maybe we can, too. And you might run somebody out of gas and beat them that way. You never know. Of course, Barney, if, if I was going to say, if one of the drivers wins this gamble because of his crew chief making a big call, that crew chief might just win the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race Award, $1,000 given away by the folks at Western Auto, the official parts and service store of NASCAR. Of course, there's a $25,000 purse going at the end of the year to the Mechanic of the Year. And that certainly would uh, equate if... Uh, you know, if anybody ends up uh, taking a gamble today and winning the 500, you'd have to vote for that crew chief, you'd think. Winston Kelly. Well, they're bringing the Raymock car back in this time around. I talked to Bob Rahilly, who builds the motors on that Oldsmobile, and asked him if they could go the distance. He looked down at the lap chart, looked back up, looked back down. He said, I believe that's proprietary information. So he's not going to tip his hand, but they are going to bring him back in and top off the fuel on the Dick Trickle car. Steve Hepler has joined us here in the booth as the field gets the one-to-go signal. Steve, of course, the man on the motorsport scene from Gillette and the halfway challenge, which Davey Allison won earlier today, taking home $10,000. And, man, you guys are involved, I guess, in just about every week now, it seems, on the Winston Cup Tour. Absolutely, Eli. It's always nice to see you again, and uh, you're absolutely right. We're up to 27 races this year with the Gillette halfway challenge. And we're giving away 27 Chevrolet Lumina Z34s to uh, lucky 
people that call in that 900 number. I don't think you ever failed to give a car away last year. What, you have about 14 races? Did you ever fail to give a car? We did not fail last year to give any of our cars away, and uh, we gave all of them away, and we had a lot of happy people. In fact, we received over a million calls on that 900 did number. You really? And in all 50 states, and even up in Canada, people called from. Well, it's easy to see then why you've bumped it from uh, 14 weeks to 27 weeks. And uh, stop by and join us anytime. We're about set to go back to green here, but it's good to see, and we're tickled to have the folks from uh, Gillette involved with us. Thank you very much, Eli, and we're really happy to be back here again this year. Good to see you, Steve. Steve Hepler from Gillette. Barney, we do want to take a quick second to uh, mention some of the new stations joining us here today. We have over 400 affiliates in 41 states joining us on this broadcast, including KIAK in Fairbanks, Alaska, joining us for the very first time on MRN. I trust it's a bit chillier there than it is here today. WDJR-FM in Enterprise, Alabama. WHKX-FM in Tallahassee, Florida. WVMG-AM and FM in Cochrane, Georgia. Spencer, Iowa, listening on KICD. And in Boise, Idaho, KKIC Radio, just part of the new list of stations joining us today for the first time on our broadcast of the Daytona 500 by ST. It is amazing how many thousands of race fans Winston Cup has picked up over the years, and now it's beginning to spread all over the entire United States. Let's get back to some business here. Green flag about to go in the air. Davey Allison has been on the point for the last, oh, 45 minutes or so here at Daytona. Down to the inside, Kyle Petty, the first lap car. They put the green in the air, and Kyle is going to race him off into turn number one to try and put himself back on the lead lap, and they are still door-to-door as they head for the turn. Kyle stay right, right down to the bottom of the racetrack alongside Davey Allison, but now going into the corner, climbing up the banking. Davey will clear that lapped car. Michael Waltrip now running in the second spot. He's about three car lengths further back. He's followed by Jeff Bodine in the Morgan Shepherd car. Dick Trickle running fifth now as they exit two. Kyle Petty has slipped himself in between leader Davey Allison and second place Michael Waltrip as they come rumbling down the back straightaway getting back up to full speed. Allison dips to the inside trying to break the draft. Now back to the outside. Single file to three. Jeff Bodine making a bid to the bottom of the racetrack. That'd be for the second position. Michael Waltrip's yellow Pontiac slips up the banking. Now here comes the bid for third. Morgan Shepard slips to the inside of Bodine. Boy, that should go forward to the Wood Brothers awfully strong as he just goes to the low side of the racetrack handling well too not just strength of engine but that car handling wherever Morgan wants it to go he has grabbed third he is right in behind Michael Waltrip who will now try and get by the lap car of Kyle Petty that's exactly what he does Eli diving to the inside of the racetrack Michael Waltrip clears the lap car Shepard also goes down to the inside of the track as does Bodine all three of those cars getting by the lap traffic Dick Trickle will get trapped though behind the Kyle Petty car as Alan Kulwicki comes down to the inside of the back straightaway they'll be racing for fifth and sixth Trickle, however, picks up the draft from Kyle Petty's car. He slips by. Kowicki falls farther back. Alan Kowicki continues to slip back. Meanwhile, the top six cars now all running single file. The lap car of Kyle Petty sitting between the Dick Trickle machine and Jeff Bodine as they race off four. Alan Kowicki's done a good job here today. He found himself a lap down and got himself back on the lead lap and now tries to get back in line. He's going to have to tuck in somewhere because he lost three or four spots by getting out of the draft just a moment ago. Meanwhile, the leader is Davey Allison. Here may be a bid for the lead again in turn one. Down to the inside of the track, it's the Morgan Shepard car. He'll pull up alongside Michael Waltrip and blast by that car.
car. So put Shepard back up into the second spot. Michael Waltrip goes way up on the banking. Bodine follows him there. Kyle Petty is tucked in behind Jeff Bodine. Then the Dale Earnhardt car. Both Petty and Earnhardt not on the lead lap. Meanwhile, the two Fords have opened up a couple of car lengths now over the third place Pontiac. Make it three or four as they head into turn three. The two Fords head down to the inside of the racetrack. They'll stay nose to tail. Michael Waltrip's Pontiac back in the third position. The Ford of Jeff Bodine is fourth. Still single file off turn four. And for the moment, Dick Trickle pacing himself. Dick, who had been running up in the third spot earlier before the caution, now running in fifth. He is, however, behind Dale Earnhardt, just ahead of Alan Kowicki. So for the moment, Trickle has some drafting partners as he tries to work himself back towards the front. Alan Kowicki again running back in the fifth position, trying to work on Dick Trickle's car. Kowicki kind of sticking his nose in and out of traffic, looking for a lane to move through. For now, he'll go single file behind Trickle off two. Everybody falls out now on the high side of the back straightaway. Kyle Petty is the only one caught out of line. He is down on the inside of the back straightaway and losing ground rapidly. Terry Labonte will go by. Rick Mast will go by. Phil Parsons will go by. Dick Trickle trying to make a move around the Dale Earnhardt car and get up there to scramble it up for the fourth position, but now he'll have to look from behind. Alan Kowicki takes his car up high on the banking. That's the battle for fourth. He'll have to tuck back in again to ride that draft out of the corner. Great run today for Michael Waltrip after a frustrating crash the other day in which they too had to go to a backup car. But right now he's hanging right in there tough in third place and we'll try to get a word from his pit here just a little bit later this afternoon to find out how they feel about their chances to win the Daytona 500 by STP. If you just joined our broadcast late, let's update you a little bit. Here are the cars that that cannot win the Daytona 500 here this afternoon. They are several laps behind or spend a lot of time behind the wall or have some severe damage. Daryl Waltrip is one of those. Rusty Wallace, Mark Martin, uh, Bill Elliott, and Dale Jarrett. Other than that, there are still several cars that have a shot to win the 500. There's a lot of time left in this race this afternoon that are a lap down. Dale Earnhardt and Kyle Petty are a couple of those. Terry Labonte, Harry Gant, and Phil Parsons, who had a real good run in the early going this afternoon. Right now, here comes Davey Allison. So far, Allison has been the head engineer on this train, if you will, for the last hour and a half here at Daytona. Morgan Shepherds took a shot at him a time or two in the Wood Brothers car, and along with Michael Waltrip has chased him up there. But Joe Moore, as they head over to you in turn two, that's about all they can do is chase. Shepard is staying right there with Davey Allison, but Michael Waltrip is losing the battle of trying to stay up at the front two. They're beginning to break away now by some five car lengths. Jeff Bodine, meanwhile, having problems handling down the back straightaway and getting into turn number three. He lost a spot a lap ago. Alan Kowicki moved around the Motorcraft Ford. Now Dick Trickle on the move, trying to draft with Alan Kowicki underneath Earnhardt. Kowicki will take his Ford down to the inside of the racetrack. Earnhardt Chevrolet slips up the banking. They'll stay side by side. Trickle had been trying to get by and get up in the battle for third along with Mike Walter. Here they come back to the stripe. They'll put lap 155 on the board. Two Ford Thunderbirds, then the first Pontiac. Pontiac's not one a day to 500 since Cale Yarborough back in 1983. Fords, of course, they've been the uh, spearheads all week long, and they continue to show the way here this afternoon with 45 laps remaining. Davey Allison, Morgan Shepard, Michael Waltrip, and Dick Trickle. Those four cars tied tightly together up in turn number one here at Daytona. Then a goodly distance back of about three-quarters of a second to Alan Kowicki. He's running in fifth. Jeff Bodine running in sixth. Those are the only six cars on the lead lap. Down in the Pennzoil pit of Michael Waltrip. They've got to be tickled with this run so far. Bill Eagle, the crew chief, you had to go to a backup car earlier this week. Now you've got it up in third position. Yeah, right now we're running pretty good, Jim. The Fords have been strong all week, and it looks like they're going to be still strong today. I, I'm sick on my stomach sitting here worried about how to, uh, 
how to outrun them. And maybe if we get another shot in the pits, maybe we can get something worked out and do that. Could you go all the way on the gasoline from, from the last pit stop? Well, whether we can or whether we can't, we're going to. That's the words of crew chief Michael Walter. They say they're going to go all the way. Now that's a big gamble. It is. That was 50, that'll make it 56 laps on this tank of fuel. That would be a lap farther than Ken Schrader went on his very first pit stop when he was out there about eight or nine laps longer than everybody else. So if this Pontiac goes the distance from their last pit stop on lap 144, they're really going to be uh, going a distance here. But uh, like you say, as Billy Ingle said, you get to this juncture, you've got to take whatever chance you can. And how about Alan Kowicki? Here's a guy who has now broken away from that second group of cars and all by himself. He is turning up the heat on that Hooters Ford, trying to chase down the leader. Winston Kelly is already in the Hooters pit looking on. Paul Andrews, the crew chief, waiting on Alan Kowicki to come by. Paul, you made up a lap. The car seems to be running well, real well. Yeah, it is running good. The guy's done a good job. Alan's done a great job of driving the car. You know, we got our lap back. We really needed that break. We had to start way back in the back, so it took us a long time to get up there. We knew we had a good car at the beginning of the day. You know, the Hooters 4 is running good, and we just need to get up, get up and catch that lead draft right now. Can you go the distance on fuel if it stays green? Yeah, we can go all the way. There's no problem there. We come in and topped off right before the green came out, and, and we're good to go now. Paul Andrews, crew chief on Allen Kowicki's Ford, also a backup car this weekend. No, we may see an awful lot of gambling in those final laps, although from the tone of voice of the crew chiefs we've talked to, there doesn't seem to be any doubt whatsoever, uh, so to speak, that these guys can go the distance. Here's Davey Allison, the leader, bringing them back to the line. Morgan Shepard locked onto his draft of any barriers anywhere from a couple of feet off his bumper to maybe two car lengths behind. Talked to Davey earlier in the week, last week in the practice sessions, and talked to him just a little bit about, and I guess everybody has. Uh, you live closer to Davey than I do, but the general consensus at the end of the 1991 season that would was that that would be the team this year to really come into its own and to give Dale Earnhardt a battle for the Winston Cup championship along with everybody else. I talked to Davey about that the other day. Does that make you feel kind of good, and are you just going to kind of wait and see what happens with this team? Well, I, I'm not looking at it like I'm going to wait and see, but we're going to work hard for it. Um, it's nice to be considered to be the favorite this early in the season, especially since the season hadn't even started yet. But this is a tough circuit a lot of tough competition out there i've said it over and over and the great thing about our team is that we just don't take anything for granted we go out there we work hard every week and we're going to continue to do that we're going to continue to do what got us into this position well it's got him into the lead here this afternoon as davy allison winds around here pulling a whole raft of cars nobody's been able to do anything with him for the last hour and a half or so you know what happened last year when larry mcreynolds came over to that team he finally was able to harness all the horsepower that Robert Gates engines generate and get that horsepower down to the ground. Has it been tough, Larry, getting that horsepower where it needs to be? There's a lot of places that having the, the kind of horsepower and motor torque that they do have can, can haunt you, especially when you're getting ready to race. But uh, I certainly would never suggest to them to back it down. You know, that's that's my job and Davy's job is to get it hooked up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when you run off in a corner, say 30 miles an hour faster than maybe a competitor it's obviously harder to make it turn that corner and go back the other direction than if it was running in there slower but joe moore look how well that car is handling also for davy allison certainly so he puts it right down on the line on the bottom of the racetrack now morgan's trying to follow his tire tracks coming to the turn but morgan's car wants to push up the banking just a little bit he sometimes gets a run at him coming into the corner but by the time they come off turn two he has to fall back a bit 
Coming into turn number three now, all that shuffling up front has allowed Alan Kowicki to draw up behind the Dick Trickle car. Dick Trickle running along with Mike Waltrip, about four car lengths in arrears to the leaders as they shuffle off turn four. They'll put 164 laps in the record book when Davey Allison crosses the line this time. 200 will make up the distance in the Daytona 500 by STP. We'll be back. We're back at the Daytona International Speedway, and caution is on the racetrack. It happened in turn two. Single car incident involving the Kodak machine of Ernie Irvin. The car just broke loose coming into the corner, possibly a cut tire. Spun around about three times, and it's now come to rest at the apron of the track off turn two. This will be the fourth caution flag of the afternoon. It'll come out at lap 165, and this is going to be a break for a lot of the cars that were really getting behind. Ernie Irvin was running in 23rd spot at the time of the spin. He was four laps down. Davey Allison and Morgan Shepard coming through the trioval back to the stripe. The running order will not change. Michael Waltrip still third. Dick Trickle fourth. Running in the fifth spot is Alan Kowicki. From the Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. 166 laps on the board of 200 here at Daytona. Ernie Irvin with that spin in turn two, bringing out the caution for the fourth time this afternoon. Closing in on pit stops, let us uh, congratulate the Goodies Race for the Money winner for this month, Mrs. Maria Wells. She listens to MRN on WGH Radio in Hampton, Virginia, the station that proudly employs our own Joe Moore, who is positioned out there in turn number two. Our congratulations to Maria Wells, winner of the Goodies Race for the Money contest for the month of February. The Goodies Daytona 500 Dream Vacation Contest is still underway. We'll tell you how you can enter as soon as we cover the pit stops that take place here on lap number 166. Here come the lead cars to the attention of their crews. Davey Allison is in. It's going to be a four-tire change for the Davey Allison crew along with Alan Kowicki's big Eric Horn on the right rear tire. Joy Knuckles doing the right front again. Jeff Clark wheels the jack around. The left side of the car is now up. Knuckles has the left front tire off, pouring the left rear tire off. They're going to be a four-tire change on both these cars. Let's go up to Jim Phillips. Jeff Bodine is in with the Motorcraft Ford along with uh, Michael Waltrip's car. Another good stop for that team about to happen. The jack is down. 22.5 seconds for stop on Michael Waltrip. Now down to Dick Brooks. Well, Morgan Shepard did the same thing. Four tires, and they topped it off with gas. Now, a lot of these guys will put gas in as they need. They could make it. Uh, you know, as, as they had said, without topping the thing off. Uh, and some of them can make it without, without get, getting any fuel at all. Now, sometimes a car works a little bit better full of fuel. Other times it works a little bit better when the fuel tank's a little bit lighter. So some of these guys have to make the decision how much fuel they want to put in. Woods Brothers put in one canful. Good point, because a lot of times the weight and balance of these cars does kind of hang on is set up according to what is in that fuel tank, and it can make a big difference at a place like Daytona and some of the other quicker tracks. Gary Nelson was telling me the other day he's uh, the NASCAR technical director for Winston Cup that a full tank of fuel weighs about 44, 45, 46 pounds. So that's something we don't normally think about, but that's uh, very much a factor here as uh, Dick Brooks brings to the forefront. Joe Moore did... uh, Ernie Irvin hit anything over there or just spin down off the wall? I think he tagged the outside retaining wall with the tail end of the car, Barney, when it uh, flipped around at uh, one time, tagged the outside wall. A bit of sheet metal came off the car. They've uh, picked that all up and they've towed the car away now. We see it on the record coming through turns three and four. So Ernie Irvin, who won the Daytona 500 here last year, apparently will be sitting in the garage area when the checkered flag comes down this time. Right now, we want to say hello to those of you listening in Terre Haute, Indiana on WTHI-FM in Shawnee Mission, Kansas, the home of the NCAA, KMBZ Radio listening, Frederick, Maryland, WQSI, Mount Pleasant, Michigan. 
We have WCEN Radio joining us for the first time. Cape Girardeau, Missouri, KAPE. And in Jefferson City, Missouri, KLIK Radio joining us for the very first time. Those of you folks who are just now tuning in on one of those new stations will be bringing you complete coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup and Bush Grand National Series action here at Daytona and throughout the entire season. You might want to take a moment right now to thank the station you're listening to for their coverage of Winston Cup and Bush Series racing here in 1992 because it is listener response, particularly in those areas that are new to our network, that'll let the management of your stations know that you do appreciate their coverage of motorsports from MRN. And to let you know exactly which station it is you are listening to, we'll pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Here at Daytona International Speedway, still working caution for the fourth time this afternoon. We'd mentioned a moment or so ago that the Goodies Race for the Money contest is underway again here this season. The grand prize is that Daytona 500 dream vacation for next year when you get two tickets to this event next season, the 1993 Daytona 500 by STP. We'll give you a couple of tickets to the 1993 Goodies 300 here at Daytona, an escorted tour of the NASCAR Winston Cup garage area, accommodations for two people for four nights at the Treasure Island Inn in Daytona Beach, one of the Ocean's Eleven resorts, and $1,500 in spending money. Or you might just win one of the eight racing holiday of the month prizes, as our listener up in Hampton, Virginia did just a short while ago, receiving two tickets to a Winston Cup race and $500 in cash. To enter, send the front panel from any size package of goodies, headache powders, or tablets, or write the word goodies in plain block letters in a 3x5 card. Include your name, address, telephone number, and call letters of your local MRN station. The address, goodies, race for the money, post office box 2888, Daytona Beach, Florida, the zip 32115. Field just been given the indication they're going back to green in one more lap from the Daytona International Speedway. This is MRN Radio. As we get set to go back to green, Michael Waltrip at the head of the field in the Daytona 500. Let's also welcome those of you in Sedalia, Missouri, joining us on KXKX-FM. In Moss Point, Mississippi, WZBA-FM joining us for the very first time today. Fairbury, Nebraska, KGMT, and Coshocton, Ohio, tuned in on WKLM-FM, enjoying the Daytona 500 by STP. Pontiac Grand Prix pace car is on pit road. Green flag is in the air. Michael Waltrip is a leader. Good pit work a moment ago. We need to give a lot of credit to Billy Ingalls and that crew to get him out first ahead of Davey Allison. Let's see how long Michael can keep that Pennzoil Pontiac at the front of the field. They head off into turn one. He's there in front of the field, but Davey is stalking him right in behind as they go up into turn number one. Davey already looking to the outside line, but he's going to have to worry as well. Alan Kulwicki is on his rear deck, and so is Jeff Bodine. Matter of fact, here comes Morgan Shepard of joining the fray. He'll battle with Bodine for fourth. But up front, here comes Davey Allison down to the inside. Alan Kulwicki goes with him. No contest. Uh, Allison is by Michael Waltrip. Kulwicki will squeeze his way past Waltrip. Waltrip falls back into third. Mike Waltrip tries to squeeze his way back in line. He'll do so in front of the lap car of Ted Musgrave. Back behind Michael Waltrip in the fourth position will be the Morgan Shepard car as they race off turn four. Here they come back through the trioval area. They'll put lap 171 on the board this time. 29 remaining. Davey Allison, that car awfully strong. Alan Kowicki, what a story. After having to go to the backup car and start shotgun on the field, here he is battling for the championship of the Daytona 500. They're back in turn one. He holds on to the second spot, but is not able to stay up with Davey Allison as Morgan Shepard did a little bit sooner. Matter of fact, he may feel a threat soon from Michael Waltrip. He's closing in with the Pontiac. Out of the inside, here comes Morgan Shepard. He's going to try and draft down and pick up some positions on the speedway. Not going to work for him. Now down to the bottom of the track, three wide. Dick Trickle underneath Shepard, who's underneath Jeff Bodine. Trickle takes his Oldsmobile down 
down to the inside of the racetrack, but here comes Morgan Shepard. He'll battle back on the high side with his red and white Ford, still side-by-side side for that fifth position off turn four. Mike Potter just taking his car to the garage area. Davey Allison showed awfully strong going down that back straightaway, and now he's threatening to pull away again as they cross the stripe. Two car lengths on Alan Kowicki. Michael Waltrip has not been shaken out of that draft, neither has Dick Trickle. They're back in one. Single file once again into the corner by a car length of lead. Davey Allison over Alan Kowicki. Now Michael Waltrip tightens it up. He's right up on the bumper of Kowicki, and Jeff Bodine begins to rumble. He's trying to get by the lap car of Ted Musgrave. Allison, though, continues to try and stretch away, running all by himself. He's opened up a couple of more car lengths on Kowicki. Looked like Kowicki might have faltered just for a second coming off the second turn. Now, though, at the end of the back straightaway, he's closed right back in. Michael Waltrip taking a look at the high side. This time, Alan Kowicki's forward down to the inside. Mike Waltrip up high. The yellow Pontiac will go side-by-side side for a second off turn four. Ted Musgrave, the other car in that mix, is one lap down, but putting on a great run. Here comes Davey Allison. He will lead the 100th lap of the day for him today. He'll take the field back across the stripe now. 173 on the board. We have a handful remaining now. Just 27 to go as they're back in one. Still a side-by-side battle for second, but it ends quickly as Michael Waltrip goes by on the outside to get by Alan Kowicki. Also making the move will be Morgan Shepard. He'll pick up third, and here comes Bodine making the move. Jeff Bodine will charge to the outside of Kowicki. Picks up the draft from Dick Trickle, who's trying to push his way by. Bodine goes by. Dick Trickle goes by. Kowicki fades. Earnhardt, Labonte all go by as well. Kowicki finally stacks himself back in line in front of the Ted Musgrave car. Meanwhile, up front, all the shuffling behind has allowed Davey Allison to pull out to about two car lengths. Tell you who else has really got that car working here as we come down to the conclusion of the Daytona 500 by STP, and that is Dale Earnhardt. They have made adjustments on that car every time he's been in the pits. He is getting close enough to the front. Now, he's a lap down. It should be about eight position, but if he can get up there and get back on the lead lap, and with a little luck, don't count him out. They're back in one. He's in that lead draft, the six-car in line, still having to pass several of them to get up to deal with Davey Allison, directly ahead the Dick Trickle car, and Trickle goes double wide as he goes to work on Jeff Bodine. This will be a challenge for the fourth position down to the inside of the racetrack. Trickle, though, is not going to pick up any drafting help. Dale Earnhardt is going to stay behind Jeff Bodine, so Trickle will not only not get the fourth spot, he's going to get a couple of lap cars in front of him as well. Trickle will go side-by-side with a lap car of Terry Labonte trying to find his way back in line, and he finally does. But now, fifth back in line will be Dale Earnhardt off turn four. That'll be awfully tempting to try and pull out and make the pass. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Dick Trickle managed to get back in line. Alan Kowicki, he was bumped a good bit further back. He lost another three spots. And how about Jeff Bodine? That car just humming away here on the latter stages. They made a couple of adjustments on his car, and the Bud Moore team has really got him humming. This one is far from being over. 25 laps remain. We'll be back in a minute. If you change your oil regularly, your car's engine should sound fine. But if you want to give your car extra protection, add a viscosity improver. Extra anti-wear agents. Extra antioxidants. Extra corrosion fighters. And extra cleaners and dispersants. Where do you find additives like these? They're all in STP oil treatment. Extra protection for your car, extra peace of mind for you. STP oil treatment, the edge. STP is proud to be the entitlement sponsor of the most prestigious NASCAR race, the Daytona 500 by STP. STP oil treatment is used by over 80% of NASCAR drivers. 
176 laps are on the board. No change in the front three, but Dale Earnhardt has broken out of some of that traffic back there, and he has worked his way in behind the front three cars and is within striking distance of getting himself back on the lead lap. From the Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. 22 laps remain in this 1992 running of the Daytona 500 by STP. Davey Allison in the Ford, then the Pontiac of Michael Waltrip, then the Ford of Morgan Shepard, then the lapped car of Dale Earnhardt is Chevrolet, then comes the fourth place running Ford of Jeff Bodine, followed by other cars, then eventually Dick Trickle and Alan Kulwicki as they work their way back through race traffic. Just 22 laps remaining, 21 to go as they come back to the stripe this time, Barney. Six cars are on the lead lap. Everyone else back there is trying to catch that lead draft and get back up there. The first lap car that is down, as we told you, is Dale Earnhardt. Boy, he has worked at it to get the Goodrich Chevrolet back up there, but so far the front three show no signs of getting out racing door-to-door to allow him to close in even more. They're back in two. Those front three cars are staying single file, actually gaining some ground on Earnhardt's efforts to try to track them down. Meanwhile, behind Earnhardt, the side-by-side battle goes on again. Jeff Bodine going to the outside of the lap car with Alan Kowicki. Ted Musgrave is that lap car. He's down to the inside of the racetrack, and he is losing ground quickly with no drafting help. Bodine and Kowicki will clear him at the end of the stretch. Alan Kowicki takes his Ford up to the high side of the banking. Right behind, a couple of other cars will fall in line and give him some drafting help, and again, sliding way up in the banking is Jeff Bodine. Kowicki falls behind as they come off turn four. And I'll tell you, Ted Musgrave running all alone is still hanging right there with Alan Kowicki to the inside lane, and regardless of where Musgrave finishes today. He has done himself awfully proud. The man who missed the Rookie of the Year honors by just a few points a year ago to Bobby Hamilton now being shown an eighth spot one lap down. He's doing himself awfully proud today. Here's a fourth place battle coming off turn two. Kowicki dives to the inside of Jeff Bodine. Bodine pulls even with him again on the back straightaway. Pair of forwards will drag race down the chute. No drafting help on the inside lane for Kowicki. Bodine picks it up from Kyle Petty in the outside. Now Kowicki's going to try and force his way between Bodine and Petty. He'll force his way back into line. Alan Kowicki getting cowed out of the draft and trying to prevent himself from losing a couple of more spots. Meanwhile, Morgan Shepard also trying to make a move on the inside of Mike Waltrip. He just takes a look down there, and that's about all he's going to do as they come out of turn number four. Speaking of Michael Waltrip, what a week it's been for him. He wiped out his primary race car in an accident here the other day. He's in a backup car right now. Feels pretty good about his chances at Daytona. Talked with him the other day, and this has been a good racetrack for him. Yeah, we've run good uh, for a long time on these restrictor plate tracks. You know, the last three restrictor places, restrictor plate races after we left here, we, we blew up here, but then after that we finished 5th, 6th, and 7th in the three races and led them all and was competitive in all of them. So uh, we feel like we got a good shot to win anytime they fire them up to, to run on these big tracks, and hopefully this won't set us back too far. He's so due to win a race. He came so close in the last couple of years, actually, but uh, last year they had more than their share of bad luck. They want to start out the year just like a lot of teams do and get that first Winston Cup win out of the way. Michael Waltrip running second in the Daytona 500 here, trailing along in the slipstream right now. Davey Allison, but he's got to know he's got his work cut out for him. But he and Morgan Shepard might do some business with him before it's all over as they head back to turn one. Those three cars still single file, all nose to tail once again, each following the other's tire tracks and continually gaining ground on the other pack of cars just now exiting turn number two. 
That's where Alan Kowicki has slipped around Jeff Bodine underneath in the low groove during that quarter. Now he's going to go down to the inside and try and work his way around the Dale Earnhardt car. Earnhardt not on the lead lap. Kowicki has picked up some drafting help from Kyle Petty there, and he'll make that pass. Petty will flank to the inside of Dale Earnhardt. Kowicki will complete the pass on the entrance of turn number three. Now he'll begin to climb the banking. Looking to the inside will be Kyle Petty. Kyle Petty sticks a nose underneath as they come off the corner. Kyle Petty at this moment running in eighth spot. He is one lap down to the race lead. He is side-by-side side with Earnhardt, and while those two cars continue to battle, that might be a breather there for Davey Allison, too, because remember, Earnhardt had been chasing down the leaders earlier, and right now has his hands full with his own battles one lap down. Let's go to Pit Road. Davey Allison just radioed to his spotter and asked him to tell Morgan Shepard's spotter if he could stay in line. They could settle it between the three of them, Davey Allison, Michael Waltrip, and Morgan Shepard. So that's what Morgan seems to be doing at this point. It's going to be interesting to see what they do as those final laps. And I tell you, when you get down to the last four or five laps, it's every man for himself. I don't care what you plan or who you talk to or anything else. Race drivers do whatever instinct tells them to do. So we may see some wild maneuvers going on in the final laps. There will be uh, 14 to go this time as they come across the stripe and head back down into turn number one. Davey Allison is a leader. Michael Waltrip rides second. Morgan Shepard is third. It's a little ways back right now to Alan Kowicki, the fourth-place car. We'll take a short break, and we'll be back. 13 laps remain in the Daytona 500 by STP. Got to get my tongue in the high gear here as we come down to the finish of the first race of the year. Of the three men who are in that battle for the lead, none of them have ever won here at Daytona in the 500. Davey Allison finished second to his dad back in 1988. Morgan Shepard's best finish was 10th back in 1990, and Michael Waltrip's best finish with 8th back in 1990. So for any of those three, or for that matter, the guys trailing them, with the exception of Jeff Bodine, a visit to victory lane for this race would be a career first. Of course, uh, if they do see Michael Waltrip go to victory lane, there'd be a couple of interesting things there. Number one, those aren't his normal wheels on the car, and number two, the spoilers a little different between Waltrip and certainly Morgan Shepard. Let's get an update from the pits. Well, the wheels are Petty Blue. You borrowed some tar tires from Richard Petty, Billy Eagle. I, I, didn't, I didn't hear what you said. I said that the wheels look interesting, Petty Blue wheels. Yeah, uh, our neighbors over here let us borrow a set of tires. I needed a set of stickers for that last stop, and they obliged us. You told me earlier that your spoiler is a little bit different than the Ford by Morgan Shepard. It's tough to hold him off at this point. Yeah, it's pretty tough right now. I'd say if they checked them, we've probably got about 10 more degrees of spoiler than the Ford does. Well, do you think you could make a move on Davey Allison? Well, I don't know. You know, that part's up to Michael. If he feels comfortable doing it, then uh, whatever happens, we'll stand behind him. Of course, he's talking about Morgan Shepard is running the bare minimum 35-degree spoilers. They're up to about 45 because the Pontiacs all week have had a tendency to be loose around the racetrack. Well, I got a feeling as strong as Davey Allison has been for the last two hours here at Daytona, it may take two cars working together to do anything with him at all. Now, whether that'll transpire or not is anybody's guess. 11 to go as they work back to turn two. Davey Allison leads the way. Could be a challenge mounting here from Michael Waltrip. Morgan Shepard starts to stick the nose of his Ford down to the inside, but quickly gets back in line in single file. Shepard getting a little antsy. Would prefer to be in second spot in order to try and have Michael Waltrip push him through past Davey Allison. For now, though, they'll spread out by about a car length between each them. The last couple of times down on the east banking of the speedway, Morgan Shepard has seen the hole open up as uh, Michael Walter's car has drifted up the banking, but he has not taken advantage of it. He won't again. They'll all stay in line. 
not to be a harbinger of doom at all, but we've seen enough strange things happen at this racetrack over the years that about a second and a half behind those three cars that are battling for the lead are still Alan Kulwicki, nose to tail, just ahead of Jeff Bodine. So should something happen among those front three, the guys that are battling for fourth and fifth are well within a second and a half of those lead automobiles and could inherit an awfully fine position of finish, let alone fourth and fifth where they're running right now. Inside of ten laps to go as the lead cars head up to turn three. And over the last couple of laps since Kulwicki and Jeff Bodine fell into line single file and began drafting, they've begun to close a little bit on the front three. And now Jeff Bodine only about two car lengths in arrears to Alan Kulwicki. Now make that about a car length and a half as those two Fords link up and try to charge for the front. And looking at Dale Earnhardt's chances of winning the Daytona 500, a race that has escaped him and all of everything else he's done in this business. A moment ago, he was up there in striking distance to get back on the lead lap. Sadly to say, he has fallen back a little better than five seconds behind them right now as the laps wind down. 191 are on the board. The leaders head back to the west end of the racetrack. Maybe Allison's Ford right down at the bottom of the racetrack with about a two-car length lead over Michael Walter. Morgan Shepard tightens it up momentarily. He now falls back a bit. Looking back at the next pack of cars, Kulwicki and Bodine, they're beginning to link up, trying to track down the front three. All the fans in the back straightaway grandstand on their feet, watching the leaders come thundering down the Daytona back straightaway. Still, Allison, Waltrip, and Shepard into turn three. Alan Kulwicki hooking up very well with the Bodine machine. Both of them stay right down to the bottom of the racetrack. Kulwicki slides up the banking a bit, but Bodine content to stay behind and try to move up forward. While these men all battle for the glory here, problems for Waltrip. A puff of smoke. A puff of smoke from the Michael Waltrip car. The Pennzoil Pontiac may have just lost an engine. The Pennzoil Pontiac may have just lost an engine. He is well off the pace, and now only two Fords are up there to battle for the win at the Daytona 500. Davey Allison leads the way, coming off the corner. Morgan Shepard about four car lengths back. They'll go around the lap car of Ernie Irvin off turn two. The problem with that situation for Shepard, he no longer has any drafting help to try and get by the Davey Allison car. There's about a car length and a half separating the first two as they go to turn number three. Boy, what a heartbreaker for Michael Waltrip. He might have just gotten our vote if we had one for the Goodies Headache Award. There's $1,500 on on the line to be voted by the media in attendance for the driver who has the toughest luck in the running of the 500. So now there were just two two Fords at the top of the field, Davey Allison and Morgan Shepard, seven laps to go as they head back across the stripe. Now Michael Waltrip's car is still running, so whether he, I don't believe he lost an engine, certainly there was a puff of smoke and that looked as though we were premature in saying he totally lost an engine, but it does come by here running very, very rough, and Jim Phillips, I dare say, some long faces in that pit right now. There certainly is. Uh, Billy Engel, of course, uh, had high hopes before this finish. Billy, what happened to the car? Uh, Michael came on radio and said uh, just blowed up. I guess it lost the cylinder. And he's going to try to finish and get the best finish he can. A great run today, though. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, well, this shows we got strength. We'll be back. We're not giving up. Crew Chief Billy Engel in the Michael Walter pit. Well, it's part of this business. You take it all in stride. Michael Walter is still on the racetrack on the apron, uh, kind of limping on around the speedway, trying to salvage what kind of a finish he can. So now it comes down to two cars. As they cross the line, Davey Allison and Morgan Shepard, there will be six laps to go. Let's follow them back into turn one. Davey puts the car right down at the bottom of the racetrack on the white line. Morgan Shepard follows him once again, about a car link separating the two. Now off the corner, Davey drifts up just a tad. Morgan keeps his car glued down low. Meanwhile, a little ways behind those two, Alan Kulwicki 
and Jeff Bodine still tied tightly together in third and fourth positions, although they have not closed the gap anymore on the front two over the last several laps. The two front forwards now down to the inside of the racetrack. Morgan Shepard trying to find a hole open up to the inside lane, but Davey Allison is able to keep his Ford right down to the bottom of the racetrack off the corner. Well, I'll tell you, even if the Wood Brothers don't pull out the win here today, what a way to start a season with a great run on Thursday and the Gatorade Twins. And even if they finish second here today, what a way to go. But I'll tell you, they are well within shouting distance here for having that lead from Davey. I wonder if we've seen everything from Allison, and I wonder if we've seen everything from Morgan Shepard. Well, we're going to have to find out because uh, they can't hold back much longer, either one of them. I don't think that either one of them's held back all day long. Davey's run that car just as hard as he could because uh, he's been out front, and obviously Morgan hanging out of the drafts put a move a time or two on him. But uh, Alan Bestwick, he hasn't had anything for him so far. No, he hasn't. As I said before, the last time Morgan tried to pass Davey was going into turn number three. He tried to draft underneath him. The car got extremely unsettled on him, and he had to back out of the throttle. It'll be interesting to see if some of the changes they've made to the Wood Brothers car over the last couple of pit stops will allow Morgan to try and dive underneath him into three. Michael Waltrip all the way down on the apron of the racetrack now. We see the smoke coming out of his car just a little bit worse. He's going to try and nurse it around maybe one more lap here. 196 or on the board. There are four more circuits around this racetrack. They're back in one. Front two Fords again knows the tail, taking it through turns one and two. No lap traffic will come into play here for the next several laps. About a car length separating Morgan Shepard from Davey Allison. And still a good distance back. Third and fourth place, Alan Kulwicki and Jeff Bodine. Allison bobs a little bit down towards the inside of the back straightaway. Shepard's right with him, though. They'll go now back to the high side as they enter the banking. Davey Allison able to open it up to about two car lengths back down the back straightaway, but Morgan Shepard consistently through the turns three and four, able to tighten that up to about one car length. They're heading back to start finish. They'll come back to the stripe now. They'll get the indication of three laps remaining from Doyle Ford. He leans over the flag stand. Three laps to go for Davey Allison and Morgan Shepard. Closing in to within four seconds behind are Alan Kowicki and Jeff Bodine still in their own private battle for third and fourth. Still the front two cars, though, nose the tail, and Morgan starting to peek around a little bit. He's the kind of driver who will take it around on the outside. Of course, he would much rather make his move on the inside, but no doing for that right now as Bodine has a car there. They come down the back straightaway, beginning to approach some lap traffic. The Michael Waltrip car running slowly on the inside. Also, Dave Marcus's Chevrolet now into turn number three. Davey Allison's black and day glow forward again down right to the bottom of the racetrack. He's able to keep the left front wheel almost right down on the inside line. Morgan Shepard falls in line behind. Traffic about five car lengths ahead as they race off turn four. Morgan Shepard, if he has anything left, will probably save it for the last lap and take one shot at Davey Allison because he has enough breathing room on the third and fourth place cars right now to do that and still stay in a good position. There are two laps to go, and Eli, you have to wonder what would happen had we not had the accidents and taken out so many good cars here today. That would have been a story, but at the same time, the way Davey Allison and Morgan Shepard were running even in advance of the accident. Chances are, if they weren't battling for first and second, they would be within the top five in any event. Michael Waltrip's car still motoring around the speedway at a very reduced pace. He's on the apron of the racetrack out of everybody's way as the lead cars work up into turn number three for the last next to the last time. Davey Allison right down to the bottom of the racetrack. Morgan Shepard about one car length in arrears as they head back to start finishing the white flag. Four forwards running in the top four positions. Davey Allison is the leader as he comes down. White flag for Davey Allison to go on. If he can hang it out there and win the Daytona 500 by STP, it would be his first. Can he do it? He's back in turn one. No lap 
traffic will come into play once again as they climb the 31-degree banking of turn number one. Shepard right on the tire tracks of Davey Allison. Allison right at the bottom of the racetrack. Shepard follows his line again off turn two and onto the backstretch. For the final time, they come down the back straightaway. It's still Allison on the high side of the track. He comes down to the inside trying to shake the draft on Shepard. He moves back to the high side. They go by the Michael Waltrip car. Shepard's not close enough to make a move yet. Through the east banking of the speedway, Davey Allison keeping it out to about two car lengths. Now Shepard comes on to the bottom of the racetrack, but it's still about a one-car length advantage to Davey Allison heading for the checkers. Two proud drivers, two proud oil companies as corporate America battles together on the last lap of the 500. Morgan Shepard looks inside. No chance, and Davey Allison is a first-time winner of the Daytona 500, joining his father, who is a three-time winner of this event, and they're cheering it up in the Davey Allison pit. Larry McReynolds, a terrific race for you, buddy. Man, I'm telling you, I don't, Winston, I don't even know what to say. I've always struggled so much down here at Daytona, and to come here and win it with a backup car, it's these guys. That's all I can say. And I just want to say hello to the guys that are here today, Gil Curley, Vernon Hubbard, uh, Dennis Green, all the, all the guys back at the shop because they're part of what makes it happen. They're ecstatic down here in Davey Allison's pit. Davey was a bit nervous before the Bush clash last year. Not quite sure if everything would pull together. They had had such a roll the end of last year. He, you could see the relief in his eyes after the Bush clash, and he's come on to win the Daytona 500 by STP. Got a feeling we're going to have a very emotional victory lane. We'll be back in a minute. NASCAR Today continues on MRN Radio, sponsored by Ford and your local Ford dealers who invite you to see the exciting lineup of tough Ford trucks. We're back to the Daytona International Speedway. It's all over. Davey Allison gets his first Daytona 500 win. Morgan Shepard finishes second. Jeff Bodine third. Alan Kowicki fourth. And Dick Trickle fifth. And certainly one of the stories this race, Michael Waltrip saw a chance to win. And that car kind of goes up and spoke on him. Let's see if we can get his thoughts. We're pushing Michael's car back. Michael, a super run today, came up a little bit short. Yeah, it was a, a gallant effort by a super crew. You know, we unloaded a backup car, and and it ran well, and we were in a position to, to race them. We don't know what would have happened, but it would have been all right. And uh, something happened internally on the engine of the Penzoil Pontiac, but uh, that's part of racing. You know, you're going to have your disappointments. Just... Uh, Daytona 500 is cruel. It's not a nice race, and it, and it was mean to us today. Do you think you could have passed, Davey? Well, Morgan would have um, made it interesting. I, I could have got along beside Davey. Uh, I was lifting a little bit, getting into the corner to stay where I was, and when I'd run real low, I could gain up on him. So I don't know what would have happened. It seems like uh, every time we think we get a good shot to win a race, something goes wrong. You know, it happened to us at Talladega. Happened to us at Darlington. Happened to us at Atlanta. Now here, but uh, it builds character, it makes you stronger, and we'll be we'll be back. I promise. Disappointed, Michael Waltrip. Now over to Winston Kelly. With Morgan Shepard, a good, strong second place run. Did you not quite get a run on Davey? Was he that strong, or just the air situation? How about the last couple of laps? Well, I'd, I'd had to have some help behind to uh, to draft by him, but uh, uh, yeah, he was pretty strong. Uh, he was just a little bit stronger than us. And, uh, you know, I'm just thankful that uh, Sidgo Thunderbird finished uh, second. Did it help you or hurt you that Michael Waltrip fell out? Well, it, uh, it probably, well, it had been hard to say because if, if Michael would have pulled down to pass Davey, you know, it ain't no telling what would have happened. Uh, I was uh, trying to make a couple moves there and uh, didn't quite know uh, what we was going to do, but uh, unfortunately Michael fell out. 
Well, Morgan made the theory that new teams take a while to gel, go straight out the windows. He had a very strong week in the Sitco Ford Thunderbird, coming home second in the Daytona 500 by STP. Well, I believe well, he'd settle for that. Happy crowd down here. <laughs> I ain't seen this. I got a pair of youngins, one on each arm, and Davey's just gotten out of his car. And uh, what was you doing in there, praying? You better believe it, Dick. You know, uh, Morgan's a tough competitor, and I finished second to that car last year up in Michigan, and I. I kept telling myself and praying to God, just please let me make the right moves at the end of this race. And we caught lap traffic at the right times. This old Texaco Havlin Thunderbird was right on the bottom and just didn't give Morgan enough room to get alongside of me. You got one here trying to take the mic away from me. Now, which one is that? This is Robbie. He's not ready to talk yet. Uh, Chris does all the talking. <laughs> I tell you, that was a, it really was a good race. The car was good and strong, and you ran strong all day. Did you ever have any problems with it or any, anything that think maybe that you're going to have a problem? Well, the car had a push coming off the corner from the center out, and if there, if we had a weak spot today, that was it. But, uh, you know, I saw that thing fixing to happen on the back straightaway over there when when uh, Sterling went down below Bill and then already made it three wide to the bottom, and I just said I backed off and moved it outside, and those guys all spun to the inside. That that just left the door wide open for us. Well, you had a second here to your dad uh, about five years ago or so. This has got to make it uh, – it's got to be a sweet one. Yeah, this is a sweet race right now, you know. I just can't believe it. I'm shaking all over because we finally won the Daytona 500, and it's been a goal of ours. I want to say thanks to all the people that have supported us, Texaco, Haviland, Ford, and Goodyear for putting those great tires under us. Well, I tell you, if I can get my mic back here, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to step out of here. Good luck to you guys the rest of the year. Oh, that was super. You know, this is only the second time that uh, a father and son have ever won the 500. Of course, Richard and Lee Petty have won them in the past. Now, Davey Allison joining Bobby Allison, who has three Daytona 500 wins. For Davey, his 14th career victory in his 147th Winston Cup start. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. The members of the media covering today's Daytona 500 by STP have voted Sterling Marlin the Goodies Headache Award. He was the pole sitter involved in that accident earlier in the day. $1,500 going to Sterling Marlin, plus a $250 donation to the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, from Goodies Manufacturing and Sterling Marlin. Let's go back to the garage. The third-place finisher and a super run. From, consider going from 41st to 3rd, Alan Kowicki. You put your Ford in the hunt there at the end. Yeah, we did. It was a good run for us with the Hooters Ford Thunderbird. And, uh, you know, I want to thank the whole crew. They did a good job. They didn't get down after we wrecked that other car. And we didn't think this one was quite as good, but we came back and had a real good run and uh, managed to get through that backstretch mess in one piece. And, you know, when we made that lap up, I thought we were really going to be in the hunt. We had a chance. But then I got tied up with the lap cars at the end there a little bit and got about two seconds behind the lead cars and never could quite catch them. Since you had to start so far back, how in the world did you get through that melee on the back straightaway? Uh, yeah, you know, sometimes it was just luck. Uh, you know, I just tried to pick a spot, and there were cars going every which way, and then I finally got a little bit loose and spun around in the grass but didn't hit anybody and just managed to slide on through there. This has to give your team a lot of momentum for the rest of the season with this fine finish here Go, uh, from a backup car. Well, we're off to a good start now, and, you know, just – things could have went the other way we could have walked away from here 34th instead of fourth with two wreck cars but uh had a good run we're off to a good start and we're looking forward to the rest of the races uh you know i think we're gonna have a real good year and just want to thank my sponsors uh hooters restaurants naturally fresh salad dressings classic mixers and ford motor company and uh looking forward to going to rockingham alan kawicki with a fine finish this afternoon here in the daytona 
500 by STP. Let's check back in with Winston Kelly. Another strong team that had a strong run right out of the box is Jeff Bodine. Jeff, you got a lap down early, but battled back for a real strong third-place finish. Thought I had a tire going down, and uh, we came in and, and changed it. Uh, we had a tire rubbing, and I guess it overheated, and it got to where it felt like it was flat. So instead of taking a chance, we pitted. And I guess they said I was going a little too fast, so we had to come back in. Uh, pit row, we changed left side that time, and we came out behind Davey, and, and he was, you know, I don't know how to put this, uh, a sportsman enough, a uh, Ford teammate to work with us, and we ended up uh, making our lap up uh, when the caution came out. We were running good now. Don't get me wrong. We were running good, and we are helping him. And congratulations to him. Uh, he helped me today. I'm glad he won. I liked to have won, but super run for these guys. They battled all day long. I told them the car was loose, 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 and they figured out the problem, and at the end it was perfect. I mean, it's absolutely perfect. I probably made some mistakes, driving mistakes in traffic, got behind the wrong guys and, and lost the, the lead guys, but uh, still got Allen at the end. That was a heck of a race. They ended up third. A great start for Motorcraft Igloo. We won a race here. Now, don't forget that. The Bush Class has been a super weekend for us. How did you get through that wreck in the middle of the race? Uh, my spotter, Preston Miller, uh, did a great job. He helped me through it, and he lost me in the smoke, and I did the rest. And, and I think God did a lot of it. I was just lucky. I want to say hi to Barry, my son. He's back home, and everybody back home. Uh, Barry, we love you, and Dad did pretty good today. He wins the Bush Clash last weekend, comes home with a strong third-place finish in the Motocraft Igloo Ford this afternoon. We'll be back at Daytona in just a minute. Ford already makes the world's best-selling trucks, but now we've made our 1992 Ford full-size pickup even better. This year, Ford F-150 offers you a new design, new interior, new instrument panel, and new optional power lumbar seats. But with all that's new, there's one thing that'll never change. It's still built Ford Tough. Yes, more people are driving the best-built, best-selling American trucks than ever before. Ford Trucks, the best never rest. This winter, play around in the sunshine. What we mean is, if you like to play golf, a Daytona Beach Golf Getaway Package will get you out of the cold and onto the greens. With over 26 challenging courses in the Daytona Beach area, you can golf year-round under the warm Florida sunshine. And with prices so low, you'll be able to stay an extra day or two. For complete information on golf packages, call Ocean's Eleven Resorts at 1-800-874-7420. one 874 NASCAR Today with Alan Bestwick keeps you up to date with NASCAR news every day, Monday through Friday on MRN Radio. Well, a fine day for Davey Allison and Robert Yates Racing, winning the Daytona 500 by STP. Their winner's share, $244,058. Let's go and check in with that team owner, Robert Yates. Well, Robert just uh, heard that $244,000 or whatever, and, he's, and he choked again. So, uh, Robert, it's been a long time, and, it's, uh, you know, this has got to be a sweet victory. You guys have had some ups and downs, and this has got to be a good one. Well, Daytona 500 is a Super Bowl, and we just won the Super Bowl. So, you know, the 244 is going to help keep lead in this pencil or, or keep this fourth Thunderbird howling, keep on trucking. So we got off to a good start, and uh, we want that Winston Cup. Well, Larry McReynolds standing right here behind us. He got the uh, was elected for, or nominated for the uh, uh, Western Auto Mechanic of the Race Award, so it's another $1,000 for you, Larry. Well, it's, it's $1,000 for the entire team, Dick. You know, it, it takes this whole race team, these guys here today and the guys back at the shop, 
to make something like this happen. I, I can't say enough for our guys in the fab shop that's cut bodies off and cut them off and cut them off, and the guys in the engine shop that's worked around the clock. Robert, did you do anything extra this winter to get ready for this thing, motor-wise or anything? I know that you're probably one of the better motor builders in, in all the sport, but uh, do you think a lot of extra? Well, we worked every hour, just about. We slept about four hours a night since they dropped the flag at Atlanta, and it's paid off. Well, it certainly has. I'll tell you, this is a happy bunch of people over here. I'm going to see if I can work my way out of it. That uh, is that uh, team that's worked hard. And, again, a backup car, which uh, really is uh, even more to the story than we've already been uh, talking about all week. Well, you have to have a lot of apprehension about what a backup car will do, even though you've tested it and you kind of know. But you put all your eggs in one basket, so to speak, with a primary race car and then have it wiped out before the Daytona 500. It's got to make you a little nervous. Davey Allison led 127 of the 200 laps here today and was the lap leader of the day. His average speed, 160.256 miles an hour. Take a look at the rundown. Why don't we do that? Davey Allison, the winner. Morgan Shepard finishes second. Alan Kowicki, third. Jeff Bodine, fourth. Dick Trickle, fifth. Kyle Petty will run sixth. Terry Labonte, seventh. Ted Musgrave, eighth. Dale Earnhardt comes up with a ninth place run. Phil Parsons finishes tenth. Buddy Baker, eleventh. Harry Gant, twelfth. Rick Mass, thirteenth. Greg Sachs, fourteenth. Finishing fifteenth. Wally Dollenback, Richard Petty in his last Daytona 500 will finish sixteenth. Phil Barkdahl, 17th, Michael Waltrip, 18th, Dorsey Schrader, 19th, Dave Marcus, 20th, A.J. Foyt, 21st, Stanley Smith, 22nd, Rick Wilson, 23rd, Hutt Strickland, 24th, and Del McCowart, 25th. 26th will be Darrell Waltrip, 27th goes to Bill Elliott, 28th is Ernie Irvin, Mark Martin finishes 29th, 30th is Mike Potter, 31st, Rusty Wallace, 32nd, Bobby Hamilton, Gary Teague finishes 33rd, 34th today will be Derek Cope, going 35th is Sterling Marlin, 36th, Dale Jarrett, Kenny Schrader finishes 37th, 38th today is Bobby Hillen Jr., running in 39th, Chad Little, 40th goes to Ricky Rudd, 41st, Brett Bodine, and 42nd is Bob Shack to his first out of the race today. Just as he got out of his car on pit road, Kyle Petty sat down on the pit lane and then uh, leaned back and was finally helped to the garage on a stretcher in an ambulance. Winston Kelly has been following the ambulance over towards the uh, infield care center. Let's see if we can update you at all. And Felix Sabatis, the team owner on the uh, Sabco Racing Pontiac, just walked out of the infield care center. What's the condition on Kyle? Oh, he's fine. I think what, maybe we had a little carbon monoxide poison in the car. And he'd been, the last few laps, he was kind of goofy. I think that's what it was. But he's okay. They just gave him a little oxygen. His blood pressure was fine, and he said he wants to get out of there, so he's fine. That's the word on Kyle Petty. He's okay. Let's check into the garage with Jim Phillips. Well, we're trying to locate the fifth-place finisher. Had a super run today, uh, Dick Trickle, but we're unable to find him at this present moment. So we'll follow up on that shortly. Davey Allison with the win today, continuing his strength on the super speedways as he did in 1991. You remember last year, Davey posted five wins on the big tracks last year, more than any other driver on the big tracks, and he keeps it up here today, giving Ford the win here at Daytona for the first time since 1987 when Bill Elliott turned the trick. Let's go back to the garage. We have caught up with Dick Trickle. Dick, a great run today, fifth-place finish. Right, uh... Now, we didn't do nothing crazy all day, just run the car. We had a good car. The Raymouth team, you know, Butch and Bob and all the boys, they prepare a super good car. I mean, they they complete about as many laps as anybody. And in order to win a race, you got to finish it. So uh, we ran nothing crazy, uh, just stayed out there and real consistent. I had a good car. We got it handling real well and uh, had plenty of motor and all. But I didn't have a lot of friends out there. When it come down to, to racing and getting side by side, they'd leave me out to drive so many times. And. Uh, we're just real pleased. Maybe this will bring the Raymock team and Dick Trickle a sponsor. 
Okay, uh, Dick, how about uh, the rest of the season for you and, and Raymar? Well, right now, we, uh, Bob and Butcher just made a, a verbal commitment to me, which could change any day. And we'll go on to Rockingham Richmond because you can't start the season, the fourth race of the season. So uh, we're, we're going to try to hang a sponsor and go to the 29 races. Dick Trickle with a great finish this afternoon, fifth place at the Daytona 500 by STP. So more of the post-race awards have just come our way. Of course, the Gatorade Circle of Champions going to Davey Allison today and the $2,500 that accompanies that award. Davey also, by leading as many laps as he did, takes home the True Value Hard Charger Award, $1,500 in the folks at True Value Hard Charger and the Plastic Code Winning Finish Award, the $1,000 to Larry McReynolds. And our congratulations to him as well. We'll take a break, and we'll be back in a minute. Here at Daytona International Speedway, a crowd of some 160 or 180,000 fans now beginning to head out onto Volusia Avenue and uh, leave the racetrack. What a great day it was for Davey Allison, totally dominating the Daytona 500 by STP. Talk about it being a great day. Brian Malley had a great day in Troy, Illinois. He was listening to MRN on the way home today and then found out that he was the winner of the very first Chevy to be given away in the Gillette Halfway Challenge. He knew that Davey Allison led at the halfway point. You'll have a chance again during our next Winston Cup broadcast to win a Chevrolet as part of the right guard halfway challenge. Of course, normally, Barney, we go to Richmond the week right after Daytona, but this year it's different. Next week is an off week for the Winston Cup cars, but not for MRN. No, we'll be over at Hickory Speedway next weekend for the 11th Annual Mountain Dew 500. A lot of activity over there both Saturday and Sunday, and we sure hope you'll make your plans to be there with us. MRN will have coverage of that, but if you can, come on out and see some great Bush Grand National Racing. We'll be on the air at 1.45 Eastern Time next Sunday, one week from today. Of course, the next Winston Cup race is at Rockingham on March the 1st, the Goodwrench 500 at the North Carolina Motor Speedway. Their ticket office is open right this very moment. If you'd like to make your plans, give them a call right now at Richmond International Raceway. The ticket office reopens tomorrow, and they have tickets to sell for the Pontiac 200 and 400 weekend. The Winston Cup race there is on March the 8th, so you might want to make your plans now by calling the folks at Richmond International Raceway. Let us uh, tip our hats to Tuck Trentham from Orange City, Florida. He really thrilled the hometown fans last night at the Volusia County Speedway. He won that 150-lap NASCAR Winston Racing Series National Invitational. He gets $10,000 out of that $50,000 purse. Tuck Trentham was the winner. Curtis Markham, who had won twice, finishes second. Charles Powell the third was third. Todd Massey finishing fourth, and Hermie Sadler going in fifth. The margin of victory, just one car lane for Tuck Trenum over Curtis Markham. Our congratulations to him. And, of course, those gentlemen, all part of the NASCAR Winston Racing Series that does get underway here very shortly at a track near you. If you'd like to uh, contact NASCAR's public relations office here in Daytona and find out where the nearest Winston Racing Series track is to your home, feel free to write them a quick note at uh, NASCAR Public Relations, Post Office Box 2875, Daytona Beach, Florida. The zip code is 32115. Well, we are so much appreciative of you joining us throughout Speed Weeks 1992. A lot of good racing. We do want to thank those behind the scenes who made our job that much easier. Martha Oliver and Joan Rui were on the scoring loop. Jim Norton was our pit runner. Eddie LaRue and Paul Horvath, our production assistants. The men you heard out in the corners all week long. Joe Moore, Alan Bestwick, and Fred Armstrong. 
Our pit coverage from Dick Brooks, Jim Phillips, and Winston Kelly. A fine job by all. We thank you so much for joining us. Remember, Tuesday at 7 o'clock Eastern Time, NASCAR Live. Davey Allison will be taking your calls and comments toll-free at 1-800-2-NASCAR. And each weekday afternoon, Monday through Friday, Tune in to your MRN station as Alan Bestwick brings you the latest NASCAR news on NASCAR today. That's doing it from Daytona Beach. A great week for Davey Allison and the Texaco Haviland Ford. Our congratulations to them. And for Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. Thanks for being with us so long from the World Center of Racing, Daytona International Speedway. MRN Radio. Coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series has come to you from Daytona International Speedway and sponsored by the Pontiac Grand Prix TTP. Pontiac, we build excitement by True Value Hardware Stores. Got a tough job to do? You can do it with True Value by TransOut Financial Services. TransOut for the right loan right now by Smooth Bush Beer and Easy Drinking Bush Light. Head for the mountains of Bush by Unical and your local 76 dealers who invite you to go with the spirit of 76 by Food Lion, America's fastest growing supermarket, by Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR, by STP oil treatment, gas treatment, fuel injector cleaner, and son of a gun protectant, by Gatorade Sports Drink for that deep down body thirst, by Planters Nuts, eat planters, everybody loves a racing nut, and by the Bunker Hill line of canned meats, flat out better than the rest. The executive producer of MRN Radio is John McMullen, associate producer Alan Bestwick, engineers Harry Howard and Vince Marzello, affiliate relations Clay Stalka and David Hyatt, assistants Cheryl Knight, Stephanie Ellis, and Sandy Good. This is Rick Lewis. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation.